Who's that? Uh, FedEx. This late? Yeah, well, when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight. Hmm. Oh, I have a special delivery for you. You sure you don't want to dry off first? After what is the better, baby? <laughs> Welcome back to the Buzzkill Podcast, where today we're nuzzling up, celebrating our love, and spreading the joys of VD in... (laughs) Love is dead. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking Uh, dead, man. I'm I'm sorry, you and the missus are going through such a hard time Uh, right now, James. Love is dead, Michael. (laughs) And And I am a wreck. What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And welcome to our 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 heart filled Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, it's full of love and and kisses and hugs and did that's you, just what I'm doing with James. Did you notice that I put on my romantic lighting for you tonight? <laughs> I did notice that. Very nice, right? <laughs> it's sexy. It's got sort of it, a uh, sort of your a lamp pink tastes, issue. Your lamp tastes just like your skin. <laughs> just, <laughs> just salty. <laughs> just like my nuts. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. It is Valentine's Day, James. It's not really because Mike's because Mike's making me record on a Thursday. Oh yeah, yeah, it is Thursday. (laughs) Because apparently he needs three full days to prepare himself for Valentine's Day. No, 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 no. I don't need three full days for that. I have three. I need three full days because the rest of my weekend is booked up. That's all. Booked up how? Booked up as in it's the only day that uh, this Saturday is the first Saturday in the last two months that I have had off and my lady has had off. So I'm staying out there for the weekend. So I'm not going to be home to do anything. You know. Oh, God. That kind of thing. I'm going to fuck with your place so bad. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have a key. Don't I? Shit. Do you have a key? I give you my fuck. I did give you a key, didn't I? I don't know. (laughs) I did. It's okay. I'm gonna come back home to find like a nice, uh, nice scavenger hunt, probably, because that's that's pretty much what you would do. I'm currently printing out 1,700 slip covers <laughs> <laughs> featuring Nick, uh, Nick Cage's face. You're gonna come Dude, back. I would and leave them. You're gonna I come back here and. T- what if I printed it so that every slip cover just had a, a a little tiny bit of a picture that made your entire collection one big Nicolas Cage face? I'll leave for a week if you need that much time to do it. <laughs> I, I would leave how, the shit out of that. Are you kidding me? I don't think that would take me that long, honestly. Really, it's, it it's just the printing cost, but it would be well, worth sure. it, I think. I don't know. I think you'd probably get through one shelf and just be like, this was a huge mistake. <laughs> but I'd power through. It's for the love of the game, you know? There's beer in the fridge if you need it. Keep yourself uh, keep, yourself, keep yourself good. Oh, boy. How much cheap date these days, man? 
What's this up? Is, uh, I'm a cheap date these days. I haven't been drinking much lately. This is my first beer since our last show. Dang, look at you so, go. Uh, so after this particular beer, we might have to pick this up another night. Are you going to be super drunk? Oh, I'm going to be drunk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, James, so, uh, last week was uh, Super Bowl, and I, uh, I promised that I was going to win all of the money. I, in fact, did not win <laughs> all of the money. He sort of did, because... Your girlfriend's family won all of the money. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> right? They really did, yes. They swept they swept the entire Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Between, we even uh, we even picked we picked different numbers for all four quarters. Yeah. Yeah, we switched them up. It wasn't like somebody stayed the same or, or anything else. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, between between uh Justin and Sarah and uh yeah. It was, That's so uh, frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So uh <laughs> so I wasn't it was re- it was funny. Everyone was just like, they're going to fucking hate us. Like, everyone's going to think that we rigged this whole thing. And then, like, the whole family just swiped the board. But nope. But I the, had, a, but I had the a joys huge, of gambling. I had a huge hand in it. So I would have had to have been in on it. <laughs> so. That's true. You've, you even gave your wife an extra, uh, an extra piece right off the I bat. I did. I did. <laughs> Not on purpose. It was totally luck. Totally luck. Totally luck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Super Bowl was weird this year because we just kind of hung out and mm-hmm. did nothing. I mm-hmm. made some food. That's about it. Yeah. Food. Yeah, I you mean, made like, some good food though, didn't you? Eh, yeah, it was all right. Made a couple. <laughs> just, just all right. <laughs> made a couple different dips and some, uh, some. Um, what the hell else did I make? Meatball sliders. Ooh, can't beat that. Which that just sounds like it's coming out your ass immediately, doesn't it? <laughs> A meatball slider. Ugh. And I, I mean, mean, it sounds it sounds delicious, but it, you know, yeah, yes, it does. It does one hundred percent sound like it's just going in one and right out the other. I, that was and, the, and did and did they, James? They well, they did because I've also <laughs> I've also been eating healthier lately, so I haven't been eating any bread or cheese or um, like really anything bad. And uh, hey, me neither. So I. <laughs> I went. I went two days in a row. Yeah, yours is for lame reasons. I, yeah, I went. No. I went two days in a row of like one day I ate a couple of pieces of pizza. The next day I ate all that shit for Super Bowl, and the rest of the weekend I just hated myself. Or the rest yeah, of the week, I, I suppose. I've been going pretty much like every other day for the most part. Like when I'm at home, I'm still eating my normal. But you know, when I go out, vegan. <laughs> hey, it's not. It's actually not that bad. We had vegan frozen pizzas. I didn't even know that was such a thing, but it was last night because the the actual like pizza place we were gonna go to was closed or order from at least was closed. And I gotta be honest with you, the the frozen like the vegan frozen pizza, it's not bad. Mike it tastes like pizza. Mike, just saying. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> stop. Stop. If, nor- stop normalizing veganism. I will not it, have it on this show. If it makes you feel any better, I went out and bought like an entire pack of steaks today for my freezer. Good. So, you know, I'm I'm keeping the balance up. Good. <laughs> I want you to thaw them out and make love to them. <laughs> Just slide my meat between the meat. <laughs> Be a meat a meat lover sandwich. <laughs> meat lovers. Ooh. I hope I'm invited. <laughs> of course you are. You're the buns. <laughs> gotta have some. Gotta have the white bread, right? I'll bring the au jus. Um, oh, <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy! But, All right. Uh, well, yeah, yeah so Super, I haven't just, had much much else going on other than that. Just sort of. No, no, same. Like I said, Super Bowl didn't go our ways. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. You and the lady doing anything this weekend? Um, this weekend. Do you guys celebrate uh, the Hallmark holidays? 
No, not really anymore. I don't know. Like, I'll, you know, I'll buy some flowers, something like that. I think we're going to get uh, Cruise and Mare tomorrow. Cruise and Mare? Yeah. Pick, pick it up and bring it home. So that's I don't even know what that is. Cruise and Mare, the, the restaurant, yeah. No. Oh. Oh, I'm not. Man. I'm not as cultured as you, apparently, James. Oh, you got it. So we always end up getting the same. It's like one of those things where you want to try other stuff on the menu, but the things that you're used to are so freaking good that you just can't. Yep. You know, like you can't get away from it. It's like when you go to El Charo, Mexican place down here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. same thing every fish, time. <laughs> fish tacos every time because their fish tacos yes, are the best. Yeah, they uh, really are. Uh, Cruz and Mare has like this amazing calamari and uh, and this chicken cheese tortellini with this like t- like vodka sauce on it almost or so- i don't mm-hmm. know it's just it's so good so I'm that's what that. we're doing and then uh planning planning my trip hopefully we we haven't booked my our house yet for the trip in march so we're locking that in this weekend aha uh-huh, gotcha so, um, sounds like some some fun plans <laughs> yeah <laughs> i actually i actually booked a place already and then i canceled it immediately why because well, it was a is a ski chalet, and I was like, "This place looks dope." They actually have like one of the seats in the in the living room was hanging from the rafters, and it was an actual um, ski lift mm-hmm. chair. And I was mm-hmm. like, "And I was like, yeah, this place looks awesome. I want to stay there." And then then you realized that Aaron, was the bed. <laughs> well, and then Aaron, Aaron goes, "Did you read the whole description for this place?" I said, "Oh, maybe not." And she's like. <laughs> She's like, the area we would be staying in is the top floor, and then the people who own the place are down below it. And that I'm like, yeah, in I don't this wanna... current In this current uh, situation we're in, that seems like a dumb thing for them to even rent no. out the top floor. No, I mean, because what are people just going to like hover with their mouths over the vents that lead downstairs and cough COVID down there? Yes, what? I would. I would. Biological warfare. <laughs> No, it's but I just don't I don't want to stay on a property with other people because I don't you know I don't like other people. Yeah, so fair. Yeah, so we're uh, we're back to the hunt for another house. We got we got like three hundred options, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, we found some really cool kitschy places that I definitely want to go to like this summer maybe. Mm-hmm. Like there's an old general store that they turned into a what? into an Airbnb that you can stay. Oh, in. that seems cool. Yeah, it's really awesome, and it's cheap too. So I want to go check that out this summer. Well, yeah, it, everything's probably cheap because no one's going anywhere right now. Yeah, it's like please come here. We'll give it to you for a dollar a night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about you? What are you doing this weekend? Oh, nothing. Just like I said, I'm um, hanging out over her place for the weekend. Then she's coming here. I'm making her dinner. Right. Come to, I come to realize that uh, in the last ten years of her life. Nobody has ever like actually cooked her a proper meal that she can eat, literally oh. ever. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna step into that role. And make not a, even at a restaurant. A, I mean, at a restaurant, yeah. But come on, that's Cause lame. Because that, that's rude. That's lame. See, I feel like I feel like cooking for vegans would be really easy. You do like a five course <laughs> a five course meal, and you're like, the first course is several several chickpeas. <laughs> Time. I hope you're ready for round two because we have steamed broccoli with no butter (laughs) (laughs) now we're gonna now we're gonna take a trip south of the border with refried beans (laughs) and for dessert but the bullshit but the bullshit vegetarian kind that aren't actually made with animal fat or whatever the fuck (laughs) and for dessert we have even more chickpeas (laughs) (laughs) except for these ones i i tossed in uh honey (laughs) <laughs> oh, in what? God, honey! You can't, can't. They can't eat honey. 
Oh, well, oh man. Can't, that's, they, that's, they can't, vegans can't eat honey. That's maple oh, syrup. Well, sorry. They, 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 they can eat pure maple. Agave. How about agave? Agave, yeah. That works too. Uh, wow. Yeah, well, hey, have fun with your... Have fun with your five course meal there. I'm, uh, you know what? I'm actually enjoying it. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. I guess no, I don't you, know. No, you tried to do this a couple weeks ago, and I shot you <laughs> down, man. I don't want to. You hear shot it. me down. Doesn't mean that I think any less of it. But I don't want to hear it. To be hey, fair, man, I. To be fair, I just would. Just because I'm more, just because I'm more culturally and culinarily adventurous than you, doesn't <clears> mean <throat> that you need to blow my flame out to make yours brighter, James. I'm gonna say this again, you Mike. asshole. I'm gonna say this again. <laughs> It's vegetables. It's it's not all vegetables. Yes, it thing. is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's I mostly know. vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> vegetables and chickpeas. <laughs> Chick chickpeas, to be fair, are fucking delicious. Delicious. Um, Absolutely delicious. Yeah, and and I actually like. I've been to that summer summers in summer in. Is that what it's called? Season in season in season over in Royal Oak. Oh, I'm I'm the ve- Royal Oak. Royal Oak is so trendy. Like every restaurant out there is probably vegan. It was like whatever. the original vegan place in Royal Oak. That place is actually really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, but you know, I also have to make fun of it when other people go eat there. Yeah, it's I like I would. It's like I would eat your vegan food. But I would. <laughs> I you were gonna say you would eat me. <laughs> <laughs> I would eat your. I would eat your vegan food that you made. But I would make fun of you the whole time. <laughs> oh, I make fun of her every time we eat. No, Are you kidding no matter, me? Like, <laughs> no matter how much I enjoy it, like it could be the best thing I ever ate, and I would still give you shit the entire time. My my favorite pastime is giving her nothing but shit while we're cooking. Usually, so trust me, I'm with you on that. <laughs> you should just start sneaking like animal products into. The- <laughs> The ultimate betrayal. Well, I, told her, I told her, I said, later on in life or whatever, you know, it's what's going to end up happening is and I'm not going to have a drug dealer later on in life. I'm going to have a meat dealer, and it's just going to be you. You're going to come to my back door with chicken sandwiches, and we're going to go out to the go out to the barn, and we're going to we're gonna blaze one. And by blazing one, I mean cook a chicken sandwich over a fire real quick and fucking eat I'll open, it. I'll open my trench coat, and I'll have like, I'll have like, uh, all the different fast so, food things. Like, uh, you know how they, you know how they hang cured meats? Yeah. From the rafters. I'll just have those dangling from the inside of my trench coat. Exactly. <laughs> what do you want, you want man? I got what you need. I got sausages. I got ribeyes. I got porterhouse. What you want, man? I got it all. Over on this side, it's all it's all hickory bacon wrapped in that in that uh, brown paper that they wrap at the at the butcher's counter. Yep, yep. I'm into it. Oh boy. <laughs> See, I by contrast cooked up two pounds of thick cut hickory bacon yesterday. Why didn't you bring me down some? <laughs> it was delightful. Is that what you just ate? Was just a big old pile of bacon? <laughs> no, you fat piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, well. Hey, it's keto, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just add uh, some fucking. Speaking of speaking of dumb diets, there. You oh go. yeah, yep. Yeah, there's one. Let me just. Add, um, you know what else is dumb, James? Bacon grease to the to this fucking batch of cookies. <laughs> Makes them healthier. <laughs> oh, we have dumb I, friends. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for him to add bacon grease to his morning uh, cereal. Like he's just pouring molten bacon grease into his, oh, his fucking Lucky Charms. <laughs> I wonder how can like congealed bacon grease once it dries would that be would it taste good to spread on stuff? No, I don't think so. Uh, no, I wouldn't think so. At least the consist- consistency is too slimy. I don't even like cooking things in bacon fat. Honestly, like eggs or whatever. Like a lot of people like cooking their eggs in bacon fat. I can't do it. I I'll think it's do, gross. I'll do it if it, like I wipe the pan out first. Like well, I don't. Yeah, I won't, like, I won't just like drop an egg in a half an inch of bacon. Well, grease, some people you know? will though. That's the thing, and it's gross. It, well, that's why you're gonna die. Well, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna die. Yes, I don't do you it. are. Oh, 
by association. I mean, eventually, we're all going to die, Mike. No, that's true. That's just reality. That's true. Um, uh, speaking of, uh, you had a much better segue. I, I had a segue, <laughs> and you ruined it for me. So um, instead of her being a good segue, uh, hey, boom, corrections. There we go. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, James. Uh, so I said that Rod Serling was a lot older than uh, apparently he was last week. When he started the Twilight Zone, I <clears throat> yeah. had no idea. Uh, you were more on the ball. Rod Serling was Damn thirty-five right was. years old when he started the Twilight Zone. That's it. Yeah, man. Is it? It's weird. People from back in the day, when they were in their thirties, they look like fifty-year-olds now. Yeah. Like people back then, like when you were thirty, you were like an old man already. Like you were already like a full-blown, hard-boiled adult. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, at thirty-five, you think- you're lucky if you can tie your fucking shoes. Because if you if you think about like uh, um, uh, what the hell is that show? Uh, all is it All in the Family? Maybe I, don't I know can't remember. Uh, but, but you're absolutely right. Like dudes, dudes back then. It's well, it's because like people are people are more health conscious, I guess now. Like it used to. Like the 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 typical American man used to be used to be you know the dad bod type. Sure, and even more so. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember there was that. I think what's his name, Jack Lalane, the guy who's like really famous for for bringing fitness fitness to the forefront in America. Like people I thought, thought that was they, Arnold. Not, not <laughs> way before Arnold. I think his name was Jack Lalane, but he was people thought he was weird because he worked out, and he was like he was like this fitness addict, and everybody's like, look at the this is a man. Is this the is this the future of what men are in America? <laughs> like these these sissies who like to lift up weights and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and look, at, hey, look at this look at this guy with these muscles. What a. F- <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, like that's, that's, that's probably basi- what it was. That's back basically then, yeah. what it was, and they thought yeah. because he was in the gym sculpting his body instead of like you know working on a carburetor that he was a sissy. So yeah, you know, kind of kind of showed you though because you died when you were forty three and. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he lived to be a hundred. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's weird though. Nowadays, though, like that's like the standard. That's what you want to be. Back then, it was weird, and you had to be like chiseled and gross and look like you like not look like you did. You probably smoked five packs of cigarettes a day or or an entire bag of chew. You know, like you were just. It was men were gross back in the day, and they aged out really, really quick. <laughs> I miss you, roboted for me. I, oh, I think you're saying said, that men were men were gross and aged out really quickly back in the day. Oh, like because yeah. they they smoked seven packs of cigarettes a day and a, did you went say through some, an entire bag? Oh, of chew. a bag of chew. <laughs> I thought that's when you roboted, and I was like, they ate an entire bag of shoes. That's weird. <laughs> yes, they ate bags of shoes. <laughs> that's that's a part that's a part of American history that I was unfamiliar with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mind, you're not part of the shoe uh, the shoe eaters the shoe baggers <laughs> i guess uh i guess boot leather you know people used to chew on boot leather when they were hungry during the great well, depression and stuff like that well yeah people that were starving that wasn't like a that wasn't necessarily like a pastime <laughs> like, <laughs> i was saying it was a you pastime didn't go, you didn't go to the farmer's market and be like yeah let me uh give me a pack of shoe leather and uh <laughs> <laughs> It smells good enough to eat, and I've got a whole freaking box of it over mm. there. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Mm, um, the only other there. correction that I have is more of a, uh, I'm expounding on something. Okay. I couldn't remember what uh, what the henchmen of Rita Repulsa were oh. from Power Rangers. Yeah. And you best believe I looked it up. Yeah, hit me uh, with it. Goldar was the guy that I couldn't Goldar, think of. Goldar, Goldar. Yes. And then you have Baboo, okay. Squat, 
and Finster. Squat. Squat was like the real short looking guy. <laughs> well, Babu of course, was like the, he was the hairy, weird looking blue thing. And then Finster was the uh the scientist that like always came up with the potions to make the monsters. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That was the that was the original squad and, right and there. And Goldar was like he basically looked like uh Razar from from Turtles except for he wore giant gold armor, right? Yeah, and he had wings. Yeah. Fucking wings. Was he blue? Was his face blue? His face was blue, yeah. Yeah, huh. Yep. Dope. What a dope character. <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> weird ass show. <laughs> Wonder why we were all fucked up now. Cuz that's the shit we used to watch. But uh anyway, though, yeah, that's um that's all we could talk about last week for wrong. Those were words. Here's a here's a correction for next week. I'm pretty sure Mike just said that sentence incorrectly. I think I had a stroke. <laughs> oh, strokes are fun, right? All right. Um. So this week, hey, what are, what are we it's, doing? It's, it's Valentine's it's Val- Day, James. It's Valentine's, don't, baby. Don't don't you ever tell me that I don't bring you chocolates. And I will never again. And I don't think you, I would have before then, because I'm pretty sure you did bring me chocolates before. I bring um, chocolates all the time, baby. I take oh, care yeah. of you. Yeah. <laughs> you take care of me, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, While you're reading this, I'm going to go grab a glass, because I realize that this is probably better in a glass. Okay. So, uh, so for our second week in a row, we're drinking a beer from Rogue Ales. Uh, this is Chocolate Stout Nitro. It is stout with natural chocolate flavoring added. And uh, at the top of the can here, it says, Dedicated to sweet release and tiny bubbles. You just got back, so I'm going to say that again. Dedicated <laughs> to sweet release and tiny bubbles. Which oh, actually which actually cute. works pretty well, because at least one of the movies tonight was pretty much dedicated to sweet release. The only, almost the mm. entire movie. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> Uh, so this uh, chocolate stout nitro is ebony in color, pours a velvety smooth and creamy head that cascades into a robust, before you pour that, don't pour it yet, oh, okay. uh, into a robust, earthy body, giving way to a rich chocolate truffle finish. This sounds Ooh. delightful. Sounds so uh, the reason I didn't want you to pour yet, because this says specifically, uh, drink it straight out of the can or to see the cascade of tiny bubbles. Open it and quickly turn it upside down over a glass. Oh man! Did you? Start... I, already, I already, I already opened it though. Well, no, they just mean like don't don't pour it down the side of the glass. Like pour it straight down the center oh, of the glass. Oh, okay. Like well, the but, way, but you like... want to sip it out of the can first, though, is what you're saying. No, it's saying it's saying that you can sh- sh- sip it out of the can. Oh, okay. Or if you want to well, see the pour, cascade, I'm gonna pour of... it. All right, I'm gonna pour it straight down the center. Okay, you ready? Oh wait, I gotta take my cover off here. And then watch the cascade of tiny bubbles. Oh. Nope. <laughs> You're not seeing it? I really am not. Are you? I got bad lighting in here. Yeah, I got nothing. I'm going to try to put my phone light underneath my... Uh... No, I'm really not. Because it's nitro, so it would have looked, you know, like when you pour a Guinness. Yeah, there's nothing. I put my, my, uh, my phone light... Sorry, my phone light on the bottom of the glass, and it usually lights up the glass. It just fucking eats the light. <laughs> well, if you if you shoot from the side, you can see some of the bubbles still remain. But this might be this might be a little old, Michael. I yeah, I got some pretty gnarly sediment in this. Oh, that's a stout though. There's gonna be sediment. I don't think this is that old well, though. It's a, it's a chocolate stout though. Canned, is there no canned twelve oh eight twenty. Yeah, this is oh, brand new. Okay. 
Get out of here. What do you think I do? Buy old uh, beer? I had another drink? beer. I, I had another. Well, I had a, a New England IPA in here before. And did you finish it or did you pour it? I did. It the... I finished it, but okay. there might there might have just been like well, some. Let's see if it tastes any better than it poured. All right. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Dink. Mmm. That's very good. It's Chocolate-y. very like. Uh, there's a coffee flavor to it. A little bit of a coffee ish kind of flavor. Yeah. I think that's... Uh, bittersweet, bittersweet chocolate, not sweet at all. <clears throat> it's like uh, it's bitter, yeah, very bitter, yeah. Not not bittersweet, bitter. <clears throat> it's like it's like uh, like cocoa powder. It's like, not like, yeah, unsweetened cocoa powder. It's not bad bitter though, because like bittersweet chocolate sucks donkey balls. That's <laughs> yeah, awful. Um, <laughs> like baker's chocolate. Yeah, oh, it's, it's so the, bad. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. Um, this is good though. Uh-huh. I'm not getting much of that like ch- chocolate truffle finish though. No, I I mean. <laughs> It's good. This is not my favorite, though, honestly. It's really uh, light. You know why? Because I'm not eating a pot roast with it. Well, oh, yeah. I meant that's, to say... That's uh, what it is. <laughs> I meant to say they... I, I do like how Rogue puts um, food pairings on their cans. This one says, uh, pair it with aged cheddar, so you mm-hmm. could have a nice little charcuterie board, and mm-hmm. then you move into the pot roast, which, you know, we've already lost you and your girlfriend on these first two. <laughs> <laughs> and then you finish finish it up with a nice vanilla ice cream. I could actually see eating this with vanilla ice cream would be nice. Absolutely, yeah. Get some sweetness into it, which would I think would help it, honestly. Get that sweetness into it. That sweetness. That's what I always say to my wife. Hey, <laughs> hey girl, get that get that sweetness into it. Because <laughs> she's so used to just not giving you sweetness anymore. <laughs> oh my life. Oh yeah. So yeah, this is this is good. Not the best, but it's good. Yeah. It's not bad yeah. by any yeah. stretch. It's it's maybe my least favorite rogue though that we've had, honestly. Well, I've had uh, that's, that's much low better praise. rogues. It, uh, yeah, it is. I'm not gonna lie to you. All right. Well, I'm not uh, gonna say I like it just because just because I, I feel like I need to hear James. Well, now that rogue ales has officially destroyed the mood for the night. <laughs> <laughs> On Valentine's Day of all days, you're gonna destroy the mood, rogue. You sons of bitches. Uh, yep. All right. Well, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> All right, James. Uh, we did not go another week without having a death. Uh, unfortunately, this is a big one. This was uh, this was a big one in in terms of somebody that shaped our youths. And made us the people that we are today. Now, yeah. I know this for a fact uh, because uh, of an, a certain apartment that we <clears> shared <throat> and a certain backpack that you used to carry around with you. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I didn't carry it around with me. It just went... Every, it, everywhere it, you went. It went with me from apartment to apartment. That's all. Yeah. And, and what stayed under your sink in the last uh, apartment you were in? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace this week. To Larry Flint. Oh, Larry Flint. Larry yeah. Flint, the I, uh, the the owner and uh, and and what's the word? Uh, 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 proprietor. The, the proprietor of Hustler magazine. Hustler. Who, uh, like I said, shaped my youth. <clears throat> I'm sure shaped your youth. <laughs> um, yeah, you're not wrong, actually. <clears throat> so, I got a molded, little molded me like putty. I've got a little story say. about this, actually. Oh, what's that? Well. Um, so I was in eighth grade, right? Okay. 
had just started snowboarding. Okay. Um, and then all of a sudden, I was headed to Colorado. It was literally like my third time ever snowboarding, and I was going out to Colorado. And um, I, I went with Greg, our buddy Greg, and his dad, his brother, a couple other friends, a couple other family members. Our second day out, we were at Breckenridge. I went to go off one of the jumps, and mm-hmm. Greg kind of like was going off the jump at the same time as me. He bailed, so I kind of looked back while I was in midair. Does this have <laughs> anything to do with Hustler? Yes, and I okay. came down. <laughs> I came down and broke my collarbone, right? Okay. So I was out of commission for the rest of the week. So I was left in our condo by myself with a broken collarbone mm-hmm. while they now went I out see, and had fun skiing going. for the rest of the week. <laughs> when we were when we were on the road out there, Greg's dad uh Greg's dad picked up a penthouse and a hustler and he said <laughs> he said, "I'm going to get these for you boys because I you know like just something something to look at while we're out there, you know what I mean?" <laughs> He didn't he didn't realize that Penthouse and Hustler, I think back in his day, like when he was younger, Penthouse and Hustler were still akin to like Playboy. No, they never were. Hustler was always Hustler was was made to run par not not parallel, okay. to run opposite of Playboy. All right. So he didn't know that, right? Yeah. He probably just thought they're he's probably used to Playboys. He, just, he and thinks, thought oh, they're, they're nudie magazines. He thought they were nudie right? mags yeah. and he's like, I'm I'm gonna let the boys look at some some titties this weekend. Good, you know? good articles. <laughs> yeah. And so he bought those for us and then and we're like, Holy shit, like we're looking at him in the van, we're like, Oh my god, this is crazy. <laughs> and and then we get to the condo in Colorado and he he's looking at him and he's like Oh my god! He's like, I didn't know they showed this shit in here. So he took him away from us, and he and he and he hit him. Well, I was I was holed up in the in the condo for the remainder of the week, right? Hold up. So so you know I went and found them. So of course those got me through a good portion of that week. <laughs> so so rest in peace to Larry Flint because you rest uh, in peace. You you partially made me the man I am today. Uh, yes. Uh, so, so Larry, pathetic. So Larry Flint, uh, 78 years old. Uh, he died of heart failure this week. Um, he had, he had suffered from a, a variety of uh, health problems. I didn't know that he, I knew that he was in a wheelchair for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Since, for, since the seventies. Yeah. I never knew why though. He was in a wheelchair mm-hmm. because he got paralyzed, uh, during an attempted murder of him. Really? Back in the seventies. Yeah. Because probably due to, to Hustler. Due to what he was doing and his counter programming of uh, the adult uh, magazine, you know, scene. Well, there's uh, that. Have you ever seen that movie, uh, The People versus Larry Flint? I have not actually. Where seen Woody that. Woody Harrelson plays Larry. I've Flint. not seen it, and I, I always kind of wanted to, and I always forget about it. To be you honest, you should check but, it out. Yeah, put it on your list. Um, I'm going to end this though with one my favorite quote that uh, Larry Flint ever said. Okay. And it's words to live by. Of which there are many. <laughs> of which there are many, but these ones are the words to live by. <laughs> <clears throat> I was always interested in the crotch. <laughs> Is that the best, it? That's it. It's the best quote ever. <laughs> I'm going to make a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> I was always interested in the, the crotch. crotch. <laughs> what the fuck, Larry? Because Larry! Playboy, because Playboy was all about tits and ass, basically. Yeah. They didn't really show anything else. So he wanted to see some crotch. Not Larry Flynn. <laughs> hey, man, can you blame him? 
You really can't. You can't. Um, I was always okay. interested in it, too. I just never had the balls to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Um, fresh off of his uh, upcoming uh, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, Adam Wingard is setting his sights on a new remake. Uh, and I have very, very mixed feelings about it. Uh, Adam Wingard Witch, and his... Book of Shadows. Uh, He's going to well, remake it. That'd be it. awesome, actually, if he did that. <laughs> but um, uh, him and his writing partner, Simon Barrett, are now tackling a remake of the 1997 movie Face Off. Oh. With Nick Cage and John Travolta. Damn, bro. Is so, he going to get the cage? And the I would back imagine up. not, being that it's a remake. So I would, when when do you ever see the original people back in the straight yeah. remake? But I'm like, afraid, I'm afraid you've lost my interest. I know that's the thing. Like, <laughs> why do you? It's it's Nicolas Cage in one of his best roles, directed by John Woo. Like, how do you like? Maybe don't fuck with that. <laughs> I like Adam Wingard a lot, you know, and I have nothing yeah. but faith in what he can do. But maybe don't fuck with this one. Like remake like it Broken seems, Arrow with John Travolta and Christian Slater. Remake Broken that Arrow movie. Is dope. I I don't under like I don't get the motivation behind this. Why face off of all movies I don't, to I remake? Don't know. I don't know. There's no like, reason is there for really, it. Just, it uh, like is there is there untreaded territory within that story that you could walk upon? I have no like I don't I think they pretty much did what they needed to do with that one. The um the best part is the subtitle though that they're going with. Oh boy. It's face off, face on. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not, but it should okay. be. <laughs> it absolutely should be. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Um yeah, like I said, I don't I have no idea why they're doing this, but they're doing it. Uh so we'll see how that goes. Uh probably be, I would imagine a couple of years before we see that. So who yes. knows? Maybe by then they'll uh they may have come to their senses and, and cancel the entire project. He might okay, Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett are great writers. Sure. Or at least I like them a lot. Uh, they must have a really good idea if they're going in the in this direction. I would they must so. have they must have a really good idea because that seems like such a weird movie to remake. Maybe Nicolas Cage is going to be in it and he's <laughs> gonna be the guy that did it before. And so they got to go to him because he's the only one that ever did it, right? Oh shit! And so it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, um, like a, like a, uh, what's the movie? Um, The Rock, right? Where Sean Connery was the only one to ever break out of The Rock, Rock so they had to go Rock. to him. Yeah, right. So maybe yeah. that's kind of a, a similar thing. I haven't seen that movie in years. Should be. Dude. Now they should also remake The Rock, and Nick Cage should be in Sean Connery's role since he passed away now. Yes, and the and The Rock. Should Alcatraz should be played by Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> like he's not, he's not the he's not the guy trying to break in with Nicolas Cage. No, he's he literally Alcatraz. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yes, I am so on board for that. Yes, yes, please a thousand times. Um, okay, moving on here. Uh, any Elvira fans out there? Yeah, sure. I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at you. You're the only person I'm talking to. Um, <laughs> uh, Elvira, I've always been a big fan of Elvira, Elvira. I like late night horror hosts, though. I find them fascinating. Oh, yeah. I think what they do and, and the role they've played in a lot of people's, uh, you know, growing up watching horror, it, it, a lot of people watch these late night horror hosts. Dude, um, Sven Gulli is still going strong on our. Sven Gulli is still on, going on strong. On our local yep. cable uh, yep. shows, and he's the ghoul, fantastic. 
the ghoul was going strong up until uh-huh. he died a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Bob is still going. Elvira still does things every now and then. It's like they're still there. It's still uh, it's still kind of a popular thing. But uh, Elvira, whose real name is Cassandra Peterson, for anybody that didn't know, uh, she's been working on a memoir for a number of years, and that mm-hmm. is finally coming out uh, of in September of this year. It's called <clears throat> Yours Cruelly, Elvira: Memoirs of the Mistress of the Dark. Very nice. And uh, yeah, if you're if you're interested in that, it's a almost 300 page book, memoirs about her her life and how she got started and all that stuff. Um, I've read a couple of these memoir books by people in the horror industry, and they're always fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I have no doubt this is going to be uh, the same way. Uh, I plan on picking this up because I want to read it. Well, it's cool. But, they always uh, have like cool inside stories yeah. about other other actors and other people that anecdotes in and everything too. else. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, yeah. it, they're always fun reads because that whole that whole world is so fucking weird especially back uh-huh. in the 70s and the 80s oh like totally. during the heyday of it all yeah. i can only imagine the stories that have yet to be told about Absolutely. all the stuff from back then so um so yeah, if you're an elvira fan you can look forward to picking that up um okay james yes sir. um <laughs> if there was if there was one cartoon series from when we were growing up right mm-hmm. it was sort of horror influenced a little bit not even a little bit. Um, and there was one character in particular that you could think they would make an adult spinoff show of. What character do you think that would be? Shaggy. Mm, you're close. You're close. Really? Oh, I never oh. wanted to fuck Shaggy, though. Oh, and you when you say adult, <laughs> you mean adult. Uh, adult. <laughs> um, uh, Daphne? Um... Yes, but no. Talking about Velma here. Oh, Velma was I, okay. the nerdy. You're Velma right. was the nerdy like sex pot that everyone knew was like <clears throat> low key, kind of a, you know, kind of well, a, that's, kind of a bad girl. If that's you know. the that's the thing is like <laughs> Daphne was. She was the she was she was the hot one, right? Sure. Daphne Daphne was the hot one. Sure. Velma in the years since. You know, has become because, the sex because Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo has remained like a a cultural icon through the decades. Oh, absolutely! And they and they made the live action movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Velma is always portrayed as she's a ner- she's a nerd, but like you said, she's also low key hot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She's and, been she she's been that like the dirty one of the entire group the entire time, but right. super low key, right? <laughs> right. Uh, HBO Max has ordered an adult animated series centered on. Velma. Oh, it's animated? It's animated. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, you've never jerked it to some cartoons before. <laughs> Come on. Don't even start with me. Um, let's see here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, an original and humorous spin on that unmasks the complex and colorful past of one of America's most beloved mystery solvers, uh, and it's going to be uh, executively produced by Mindy Kaling, who will also voice the Velma. Um, I have no idea what the show is going to be about, but when they say an adult animation and an adult comedy, you know it's, what it's going to be. It's, it's not. It's got to be a bit no, risque. It's, it's no with Mindy with Mindy Kaling behind. You don't think I, I don't, so? I think it'll just be more like I'm sure. I'm sure it'll have risque jokes and They're stuff. They're going to play with that a lot <clears throat> more though. Mindy they Kaling. Have to. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Well, obviously, I, I think that there will be aspects of sexuality and stuff like that, but I think it's more so going to be adult in the way that, like, um, uh, shit, I can't think of any, anything good right now. 
Um, because I want I keep wanting to go to like Adult Swim type shows, but those are yeah. all like over the top ridiculous. I think it'll just be like you know the language, the subject matter will be more. See, when I think of adult, adult oriented, I, think of I don't think like, I don't think it's gonna be like oh, like hyper sexualized. See, I think of stuff like Archer, you know, that is is funny and but like it's like it's very like dry. Yeah. The humor, but it's definitely there. Like that's well, what I think of. Like H. John Benjamin most definitely has to do one of the voices. That's whenever <laughs> I think of adult and whenever I think of adult uh animation, H. John Benjamin has to be one of the voices in the show. Well, clearly we have different ideas of what this is going to be. I thought it was going to be more like my my favorite real your, life your uh, live action. My my li- the, my favorite live action uh your favorite documentary your favorite Scooby Doo documentaries. Yeah. Yeah, it was called Velma's Vulva. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, you're going to hell, man. <laughs> Scooby Dooby Doo her. Okay. Um <laughs> Zoiks. <laughs> She was shaggy in. <laughs> I'm not on birth control. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's pretty good. What would, what would Daphne's Daphne's character? Daphne would be like gag me or something like that. <laughs> Fred would be head. Yeah, Shaggy yep, would. Yep. <laughs> Shaggy is our is Shaggy. still Shaggy. <laughs> Are we missing anybody? Uh, Scooby Doo. Scoop. Uh, Scoop my poo. He'd be Scoop. like super. <laughs> he'd be super into scat play. <laughs> I need to see this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Oh is, my is there god! Anybody, is there anybody else? What's that? So. Is there anybody else? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I think that's everybody. No, I and the uh, and the van and the van would be played by the van would be played by Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, everybody pile into the rock. <laughs> that should be I a new got you, didn't I? <laughs> that should be a new thing in Hollywood. That should be the next big thing where <laughs> Dwayne Johnson just plays inanimate objects. <laughs> the ga- this week, this week, the gang looks into the mysterious disappearance of the female orgasm. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't know if this is funny for anybody else. Probably but fucking, not. I'm having a good time. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, another book that is coming out, which I think is exciting because I like books. Um, the Goosebumps series. Speaking don't of try, things that were for don't kids. Don't try to act cultured, you piece of shit. Yeah, I know. It's a picture book, in fairness. So okay. that's why I like it. There you um, go. Uh, Goosebumps, back mm-hmm. in the day. Speaking of things when we were kids, right? Oh, Goosebumps. Uh, the best part about goose, Goosebumps. 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 Um, was whenever a new one would come out, immediately that cover art would just grab you. Oh, yeah. Like, hands down, like... Uh, incredibly, incredible cover art. Uh, there is a new book coming out uh, that is being written by Sarah Rodriguez that focuses on all of Tim uh, Jacobus's artwork. He did every single cover for the original run of Goosebumps. Really? Yeah, and so this is uh, comes out April 20th. It's called Beware, the Art of Goosebumps. Um, and if you're into nostalgia and you know want, want a cool coffee table book to sit out, this, uh, this looks like it's going to be right up your alley. Uh, it's being put out by Dynamite Comics, which I think is actually kind of cool, too. That's cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's just kind of a cool blast from the past. Cool um, uh, throwback to our, our, our youth. Most, our youth. Our, our most youth. definitely, because like when I... Th- so 
when I, I obviously the two the two biggest things that pop into my head when I think of uh, cover art from my childhood, Goosebumps, which what was the guy's name? Uh, Tim Jacobus. Tim Jacobus and Stephen Gamble, obviously. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say Ste- scary Stephen, stories. Stephen Gamble, dude, is uh, like nightmare fuel when you're a little yeah. kid, and oh, just yeah. so amazing to this day. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, this is this is super cool. This is something I might actually I might actually pick this up. Yeah, dude, I um, I love coffee table books too. Just stuff you can yeah. just kind of pick up and flip through it every now and then, and just kind of learn something. Yeah. It says that it's featuring tons of fun facts about the series alongside a walkthrough of all the books and covers in the Goosebumps collections. This art book is a must-have for old and new fans alike. In the summer of 1992, Scholastic tasked two terrifying, talented artists with creating cover paintings for the books that were premiere and the Goosebumps series. At the time, four books were in the line and were being market tested by the publisher to see how young readers would react to R.L. Stein's particular brand of humor-tinged horror. One element that was sure to catch the attention of Little Eyes Everywhere was striking cover art, and boy howdy, did they find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I added the uh, howdy part in there, by the way. <laughs> thought it would spice it up a little bit. Yeah, but um, anyway, the, yeah, like I said, this is just really cool. You know, um, I love this old throwback. You know, we're of the, we're of the generation where the 90s were our bread and butter. So yeah. everything that happened in the '90s is now starting to become kind of throwbacky and trendy. Yeah, and uh, I'm here for it, honestly. Absolutely, I could do without the grunge revival because kids nowadays have no idea what the fuck grunge was even about. <laughs> it's probably how like our parents feel about kids wearing bell bottoms and stuff like that. <laughs> like- <laughs> I I saw a kid. Where was I? I was at the store the other day, and I saw a kid wearing a. Uh, and I don't get me wrong, I appreciated the effort, but he was wearing a, a denim vest, right? Mm-hmm. And on the back, he had the most uh, eclectic array of bands, I would say. He had the Ramones, Korn, Slipknot, uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Um, shit, what else did he have? You get what I'm. You get where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. It was like so, which one of these things is not like the other kind of thing. It was yeah. like a. Me- <laughs> it was a mess, you know. Yeah. But like I said. I appreciated the effort. If you're gonna he go probably, through, if you're gonna go Google through all search. that effort to get the, the 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 patches and put them on the on, on the denim jacket, then uh, I don't know if that gives you a pass. He probably uh, did a Google search of like music from the '90s and early 2000s, and then just bought stuff. Listen, That's if he listens, he to, if he listens to all those bands and he puts them on his on his on his vest, then I, I have nothing. I bad. guess I, I guess. have nothing bad to say about it. That's fair. um. Don't I, don't trash I, on his taste in music, right? I feel like there's I feel like there's a like I, can't you can't you do like two denim jackets though where like one is all butt rock and one is like <laughs> punk rock and, you know what I mean like don't mix and match. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's it's it's oil and water a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, last up before we get to your Blu-rays here, uh, Neil Marshall just put a movie out, right? Yeah, uh, it's getting pretty good reviews. Can't uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's called The Reckoning. Um, well, he's already starting on his next movie. So The Reckoning was his return to horror. Uh, however, it was a little bit held back. You know, like it, there's really nothing monstery or creaturey about it, like a lot of his you know his, his early works. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the upcoming The Lair, which is going to be his next film, is a full on monster movie. Mm. Which is very exciting because Neil Marshall, if there's one thing that he does well, it's creatures and monsters. And if you've not seen The Descent, stop listening to this and go watch it. Yeah. You know, or maybe kill yourself. Either or. 
Either or would, would Make, work you know, fine. Whatever works. Would work fine for us. <laughs> just let us know. Email us and let us yeah, know which yeah, one yeah. you're going to do. Please, please don't kill yourself. <laughs> um, but The Descent is hands down one of the, the one of the scariest, best fucking monster movies you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. Um, but he says here, he says, The Reckoning was certainly a return to horror, but it showed a, a degree of restraint, with the exception of one wagon wheel scene. So I wanted to come back and do a creature feature. I wanted to do some monsters and just kind of combine elements from dog soldiers and aliens and predator and things like that. Uh, it's a full-on monster movie with action and explosions and blood and guts and everything. Like, he seems like he's he's all in on this, which I am yeah. so fucking excited about yeah that's cool um the story centers on a downed royal air force pilot who escapes a terrifying bunker in afghanistan containing mutant man-made biological weapons and unwillingly uh he unwillingly brings the creatures back to a u.s army base unwittingly unwittingly thank you um but that sounds pretty awesome i'm into sounds kind of sounds kind of like frankenstein's army i was just Get out of my head. I was literally I just going not. to say, it's like, it's like <laughs> if Neil Marshall directed Frankenstein's Army, but then there was like a whole second act where he left Germany and came back home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm into Yeah, it's it. cool, man. It sounds really good. Yeah, totally into it. Yeah. Uh, okay, James, what uh, what is new on Blu-ray disc? Uh, let me just move your dumb face over for a Don't second. Move me. <laughs> Don't Don't All right. Um, so here we go. Here we go. The Toll which was supposed to make its theatrical debut at uh, South by Southwest last year. Obviously, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been picked up by Lionsgate and will arrive on Blu-ray and digital, Blu-ray plus digital and DVD on March 30th. Um, in the film, a young woman and her rideshare driver break down on a dark forest road. Each sees the other as a threat, but as strange phenomena begin occurring around them, they gradually realize they've become trapped in the world of a terrifying supernatural being. The Toll Man. The Toll Man. <laughs> he's the he's a distant cousin good. of the pee pee poo poo man. That sounded good all up until the name. The Troll Man. The Troll Man. You gotta pay the troll toll if you want to <laughs> save that boy's hole. Um, oh God! <laughs> <laughs> don't you? Haven't you ever watched that episode of uh, It's Always Sunny? No, I I've never. I don't really watch uh, It's oh, Always Sunny. God, dude, I've it's seen so it. Funny. I love it. I've just never actually sat down and watched it. <laughs> There's a there's an episode where Frank is play, they're doing a, a musical, and Frank is playing the troll the 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 toll troll. Of course, and he's supposed to say if you want to save that boy's soul, but he keeps uh, he keeps pronouncing it as that boy's hole. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Anyway, Scream Factory has announced that they will be releasing a collector's edition of King Kong 1976. Yes. Um. Extras will be announced uh, at a later date. However, they said we can confirm already that we will be presenting both the original theatrical feature film and the extended TV version. So uh, that <clears throat> what? Sorry, no, go finish. Oh, uh, the two-disc set, the film's North American Blu-ray debut, will release on May eleventh, twenty twenty-one. Scream Factory's upcoming releases for May also include Oliver Stone's. The Hand, the Jennifer Jason Lee starring Eyes of Stranger and the 1980s He Knows You're Alone. What? No, I was just going to say, it's funny that they released this because just recently, uh, me and some friends uh, sourced the actual TV cut of King Kong. It's like 45 minutes longer, like minutes longer, I think. Of the 1976 one? Yeah, it's a lot longer. I could be off on that time a little bit. Don't quote me on that, but it's, mm-hmm. it's quite a bit longer. <clears throat> really? There's a lot of extra stuff in it. And we, uh, we found this... Uh, 
we sourced on the internet somewhere. We found it. Uh, unfortunately, the quality was just kind of shit, though. It was like bad VHS rip. So it's like we watched it, but it wasn't eh, it wasn't the best. So I'm super, super excited that we're going to get it now in a full-on transfer and everything else. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the um, the 70s King Kong movies are really good. They yeah. kind of get they get a, sh- a lot of shit from some people. <clears throat> I really, really enjoyed them when those I watched were them. The, those were the first ones I saw when I was younger. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of they they kind of have a special place for me. Yeah. And um who's the uh who's the the babe in them? Um I can't think of her name. The babe. The babe. Uh She's... oh, was it uh, uh um fuck. Uh, <laughs> the, wasn't it the wasn't it the uh lady from uh is it Jessica Lang? Yes, Jessica yeah, Lang. Jessica Lang. Dude, Jessica Lang. Jessica when Lang she was when she a, was in American. She's from American Horror Story. Yeah, yeah. So when, like when people she who made don't know these her from movies, these though, from fucking babe. Oh, total babe. babe. <laughs> total babe. She was. She's. A, she's a beautiful she's a babe older, now. Yeah, yeah no, she's, she's, no, she's older still older woman. She's still a babe. Like, I remember when I watched it for the first time though. This was only a couple years ago. I watched it for the first time, and I was just like, "Holy shit!" Like I didn't realize how gorgeous she was when she was younger. Like. Like I, I was literally blown back by it. Like yeah. I was like, holy yeah. shit. Like I knew she was a good looking, even older woman, but like, damn. <laughs> it's no wonder King Kong wanted to steal her. Right? Just just, just ruin wanted go, her. Just wanted to go <laughs> ape on her. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Dude, okay. So can I bring something up real quick? Yeah. You and I sometimes had like we used to like to name our shows at like we used to like have pun pun based names for our shows. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with us. We can't do it anymore. We're just stupid now. I know, right? What on Snapchat yesterday? We literally had an <laughs> an hour long back and forth where we were making up pun names for songs because because apparently we need to do a podcast about food. I apparently think that's it's a it. lot easier about food. Food based <laughs> puns are just really really easy. They are really really easy. Anyway, James, uh, what else you got? Um, all right. So my last little bit of Blu-ray news here is Event Horizon. Oh. Uh, it's gotten a new release date of March 23rd, which, you know, it's been pushed back. How many, a couple times. How many times now? At least a couple. Two or three, yeah. <clears throat> um, the collector's edition boasts a 4K scan of the original camera negative and will, con- and will contain plenty of new special features. However... One thing that everyone has kind of remained hopeful for, which will not be included, is the gruesome Anderson cut, uh, which you know is kind of a bummer to hear. Yeah, I um, because <laughs> people speculated that it kept getting pushed back because maybe they were locating the footage and they were cutting it in. Um, but uh, if they truly, if they truly couldn't find the footage, that's one thing. Um, and I know that. What's what's irritating is that I know that um, Paul W. And- Paul W. S. Anderson uh, years ago, he posted pictures of a tape that yeah. was supposedly his original cut of Event Horizon, and yeah. we know that tape exists. So why we they couldn't use that tape is is I mean who knows? Maybe the tape was too damaged. Maybe it was moldy, and they couldn't recover it. Maybe there could be a slew of reasons. But I wish they would have told us why, especially knowing that 
the majority of the people that love this movie that have been waiting for this cut, they know that that tape exists. Right. And I and I am very very curious as to why they weren't able to at least use that. Hell, even so, on um, Friday the Thirteenth, what is it, Part Two? Yeah. They put in those VHS. They found that VHS tape of all the uh, uncut gore down in the even salt though, mines or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they weren't able to cut it back into the movie, they still added it on the Blu-ray so that you could see it. Like exactly. I'm, I'm just so so even if they couldn't like have it match up to the rest of the film, and have it look good, they could have still put something on the disc that right. that. that satiated that uh yearning you know yeah, what i'm saying totally i don't know I, i'm a little bit a little bit bummed they didn't do it well there's a on, there's scream a quote factory. there's a quote from scream factory uh or, or not scream factory here it's there so there's a new 2021 interview with paul ws anderson that's mm-hmm. going to be <clears throat> part of the special features and scream maybe factory, they explain it in that well scream factory noted uh, that he said, we did an exhaustive search for the film elements for the director's cut, but as you'll hear in... Uh, oh, so this is actually Scream Factory saying it, not Paul Anderson. Um, but as you'll hear in his new 2021 interview, Paul, uh, director Paul W.S. Anderson doesn't think his cut will materialize. Unfortunately, much of the footage is lost, and as he mentions, he did, he, he'd need to shoot new footage. We moved the release date back a few times because of some leads, but to our disappointment, they didn't pan out. We definitely tried our best. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that they cover it at least in the interviews. Um, this this was going from like a day one purchase for me. Like I was gonna get it, pre order it, the whole deal. Now I just don't really care about it. Like I I already own a version of the movie that has a, a ton of on it anyway already. There's a whole documentary on it and all that. Like the new interviews are cool. I, I much prefer when, when Scream Factory puts these discs out that have tons of new interviews and everything else, it's usually just like five minutes worth of, five or ten minutes worth of talking from one guy, right? Right. I much prefer like an actual like uh, like cut together documentary. And if you're going to have as many new interviews as they have on this disc, there's like 10 or 12 new interviews, mm-hmm. I think, that are on it. Yeah. Make an actual documentary out of it. Make right. like a feature length documentary that covers everything. Right. Like I hate, I hate when they separate everything into like person. That's to me, that's annoying. So, well, I mean, because like it's cool, but it, it's cool. Oh, we we yeah. chopped up again so, there, but yeah, it, it just would you say just go into? Oh yeah, but it's cool. Oh, it's it, it's it's cool. It's cool to see those interviews, obviously, but like, um, just watching 12 separate people sit there and and answer the same questions is like, you know, it gets tedious after a while. It's a bit exhaustive. You, yeah, yeah, you want to get like I I would much rather see like if you have um if you have behind the scenes shots, you know, like if somebody was walking around with a camera on set and just kind of recording what was going on around the set, you know, just sort of some like candid stuff. Like you said, still have all of those interviews but cut them together with like uh, with like different images and and videos from the actual making of the movie. Sure. And maybe those interviews will contain some of that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But like a lot of times, a lot of times they basically it's just an interview where a guy's just sitting there yeah. and talking about it, which can you know like, yeah get kind it of just boring. gets old after a while. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. So that's but it for dogs, Yeah, so that's a big that's a big bummer though. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. And, and because we've. They have, they have, like, I've seen stills of it before. Stills oh, of, yeah. like, like they, I said, there's, <clears throat> they have, like you said, it, it, it seems like they have something out there 
that they could use, but like you said, maybe the tape's just too moldy or not, or, or it's just not able to be. Just, hey, if they were able, able to literally put a VH, if they were able to put a VHS tape in a fucking oven and melt the Friday the Thirteenth one back to life, I don't understand what could have possibly been so bad about that tape that Anderson had. That they couldn't use. Can you imagine? Unless, <laughs> unless that tape didn't contain what he thought it contained. Right. That, that's a possibility, too. You know, I know when he posted that picture of it, he flat out said they hadn't watched it yet. They didn't right. know exactly what was on it, but they were. But, they but it said, I think on the side of the tape, it literally said, you know, there was a date on it that would have mm-hmm. been his first cut. So right. I don't know. Like I said, hopefully, hopefully they talk about it and we can get an explanation as to why they couldn't have it. But I am bummed about it, though. That oven story about Friday the Thirteenth still cracks me up. Can you imagine yeah. the nerve, like how how nerve wracking that would have been? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> putting absolutely. it in the oven just to see what would happen. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's it for blues. Okay. Do so you have anything I have, else? Yeah, the last thing that I have here uh, is something that you brought up to me earlier. Uh, we got our first pictures of the new Jared Leto cool. Joker. Cool. <laughs> Did we ever? How good does it look? You ever seen a fat kid eat a chocolate bar? <laughs> he looks like the... Have you ever seen that movie, Matilda? From yes. when we were younger? <laughs> There's the kid who... The... the, uh, the, 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 the um, I want to call her a warden, but she wasn't the warden. She was like the headmistress at the school. She makes him eat an entire chocolate cake. Yeah, and he's that's, just got chocolate all around his mouth and everything. That's what Jared, that's Leto, what looks Jared like. Leto looks like. Um, <laughs> so it's stupid. not good. Jared Leto just needs to stop. Yeah. Well, it's not. I don't. He think just it's needs him. to stop. I don't think it's him though. Mm. You think these are his creative choices? I don't. Yeah, think because so. he begged. From my understanding, from what I had read before, he begged Zack Snyder to be in the new cut of Justice League because they refilmed really? this. Yes. Is it because he, he wanted begged to begged him? Is it because he wanted some uh, um, redemption? He wanted to redo. I think he wanted to redo. <laughs> and it's like he Doesn't... just Jared Jared Leto is too full of his own shit these days yeah. to do anything believable for me. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. Like all I all I see is with him in here, all I see is like him trying to <clears throat> be like the the Messiah version of uh of um what's his name's uh uh, uh Joker. Um words words are harder. Yes, it, it, he wanted to be like the Messiah version of <clears throat> Heath Ledger's Joker. That's what he looks like. He looks like he looks like a bad. He like if you were going through a if you're going through a like a mid level, uh, haunt. Yeah, like kind a, of. Like a, that's the type of guy you would see in there. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, kind of. Kind like of. Like he like he doesn't look that like he doesn't look scary. You know, Not like at all. he's trying really hard to look super, super menacing, but he just doesn't. And this is supposedly like before he would have been. They, 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 they talked about what he was in this. It says, um, let's see here. It says, yada, 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 yada. Sorry, I don't have it right here. Um, uh, sorry, we'll cut this part out. Um, here it is. Yeah, so he, um, That's right. let, me, let me mark this here. <clears throat> okay. 
Uh, yeah, so he's this is the version of this is supposed to be a little bit different too. It says uh, Joker appears in the new film during a sequence on uh, a sequence set on an er- on a ruined Earth after the alien tyrant Darkseid invades and decimates the planet. It's a dream sequence, a psychic vision experienced by Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne that reveals what will happen if the superheroes fail to stop the onslaught. Joker is sort of a ghost of Christmas. Um, ghost of Christmas yet to come supplying motivation through terror. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, is he supposed to be a different version of the same character he played in Suicide Squad? Because Ben Affleck's Batman is in Suicide Squad, so that's connected. Is he? I still haven't seen it. (laughs) Yeah, it's in the, it's in like the extended version, but like, I don't, I just don't understand how they're doing this. And yeah, I'm going to probably like the new Justice League movie because uh, it looks kind of awesome from everything that I've seen, but not this part. I just, it. Oh, I mean, nothing I'll, about this screams good to me. I'll wait like, to just I'll, stop. I'll Jared wait Leto. to see, like, how he actually, how he actually portrays this character, but just by the looks of it, it's like. I don't know. It's just I think that even even from an acting standpoint, he's gonna try too hard. Yeah. He's gonna think that he did he's gonna think that he needs to make up for the past Joker so much that he's going to try way harder to do it way more menacing this time, and it's just gonna fall flat. What's the deal? In my opinion. What's the deal here? Because Jared Leto's a good actor. He was a good actor. Is it, really fine. Maybe he still is, but like I think he he's is gone I to just, his own head. I think he's I, he's a good actor. I think the comic book world is just not right for him. That's fair. Even though Mor- uh, uh, Morbius looks cool. Oh yeah, that's right. He's in Morbius, isn't he? Well, he's the main character in Morbius. Yeah, he is what Morbius. Is he, what is he? What is he doing? Doing Marvel and DC movies? Come on, come on, Jared Leto, get your shit together. He's a Jared of all trades. Uh, um, I see what you did there. Well, I just I mean, it's, it, wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't that clever. Um, yeah, this looks stupid, but yeah, it really but does. I will I I'll wait I'll wait and and see. But I'm yep. not. It doesn't look promising to me. No, no, not at all. Uh, anyway, that's all I. Uh, that's all I got for the news here. All right, bud. Uh, well, we're gonna take a, a quick little break here, and when we get back, we'll we'll uh, talk about some some dead bitches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, James. How you, yes, how, how you doing? Good. I'm you, good. Uh, You've been in love, James. Have I ever been in love? been in love? Like once stupid or, love. Once or twice in yeah, my day. Like the kind of love, the kind of love that you, if you're not with that person, you might just vomit all over yourself, or 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 die, or vomit and then die. You know. Yeah. That kind of love. It's like Totes. it's a gross yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> to where if you died, you'd come back to life for that person because you promised you'd be there forever. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's love. <laughs> Been there, done that, bro. <laughs> don't even t- don't even talk to me about that. Well, that is the that is the premise of a movie called Burying the X from 2014. The X. You know, mm-hmm. this is Valentine's Day. And uh instead of talking about being in love, 
We're talking about killing your ex-girlfriends and uh, them coming back as zombies. Because well, if that ain't be love, fair, I don't know what is. To be fair, he didn't kill his ex-girlfriend. Mm, that's true. That's true. He he was sort of he was sort of responsible for her death. That's true, though. That's true. So I guess in a way he killed her. He killed her. Yeah. Like if he didn't call her to the dog park to exactly. to do the old breaky uppy. Exactly. And she'd she'd be, she'd be alive still, <laughs> and she'd be just as batshit crazy. Exactly. Uh, so this movie is from 2014, directed by the great Joe Dante. Uh, Joe Dante, of course, <clears throat> Gremlins one and two, The Howling, Inner Space. The Burbs, my favorite movie ever. Um, ah. Or one of them, at least. Uh, yeah, so Joe Dante, a legend. Uh, this movie is one of his later ones, and I had put off seeing this because, unfortunately, with a lot of these directors, when they come out and they put out movies in kind of their older age, maybe past their prime, right, they're not as good as their original stuff, and it kind of yeah. leaves a bummer taste in your mouth, you know? Where it's just like yeah. it's like it's like when we, the first time we saw the ward, John Carpenter. <laughs> I was, was like, going to say <laughs> the ward. It's, it's, it's like it's like, uh, like I've come around to it since, but I remember the first time we watched it, it was such a letdown because like here's this fucking maestro of of yeah of horror, right? Maestro of the genre, and then they get old and they lose their touch, and it's like I didn't want to see this movie for the longest time because I didn't want to see Joe Dante losing his touch. And I could not have been more fucking wrong because I fucking loved this movie. <laughs> like, I really, I don't know how you felt about it yet. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, I did too. I thought it was, I thought it was super entertaining. There was, there was a little bit of like, uh, like wooden acting at certain parts. Like, hmm. who cares? Just like, <laughs> for this kind of a movie, who cares? It's a horror comedy. Yep. You know. Well, it, and it, and it, and I I might have just been looking at it the way the wrong way, honestly. Like because, um, uh, uh, uh Anton Yelkin. Yeah. Rest in peace. I know, right? Uh, I forgot he was in this when he first popped up on screen. Kinda, I was just like, oh. Like I said, there was a little bit of wooden. Like that's almost kind of his style, though. Like he's very quiet and reserved and. Almost timid mm -hmm. in a way. Yep. In most of his roles, like he's very soft spoken. I love Anton Yelkin. I'm I'm so bummed that he is no longer alive. Like I, when he got in his accident and he and he passed away, that was such a huge huge bummer to me because I thought he had such a he's a young dude and he'd already done so many cool things and yeah. I thought he had so much more to offer. No, he did. He would uh, he would have been one of the greats. Such a bummer. I man. think he could have been one of the greats. Honestly, like if he it stayed with it, like he would have been. Maybe not like, uh, not like upper echelon, you know, great thespian. Like he, maybe not one of them, but he would have been a guy that would have been around for a long time with a very long career with great well, roles just, and everything. He's just so he's just so interesting as an actor. Like he was really kind of quirky, you know, and 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 it like his 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 real life personality in a quirky way sort of lent itself to the to the roles that he played. And I I, I don't know, I, I really liked him a lot. So just a bummer that he passed away. Yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, aside from Anton Yelkin, Ashley Green was in this movie. She played Evelyn. Mm -hmm. uh, she played the the girlfriend who dies and then comes back to life. And then uh, Alexandra Daddario plays Olivia, who is the new the uh, the, the the new love interest. <clears throat> <clears throat> Uh-huh. 
I've actually uh, I've I've actually been uh, instructed by my legal team not to talk about Alexander Daddario anymore. Oh, well, oh, oh you you mean your wife? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Someone feeling no, someone feeling a no, little my, bit threatened. <laughs> no, my my legal team because my wife listens to the show, and if I continue talking about how hot Alexander <laughs> Daddario is, I think she's going to eventually. Uh, Catch on me. <laughs> Fine, you know what? I will do it for you, James. So make that so so make that a double. Fine. Um, and she was down. she was at her hottest, I think, in this movie. Honestly, God, because yeah. she was like a genre chick, but like yeah. the hottest genre chick ever. <laughs> Damn. Uh, uh, yep. Something about it. Anyway, though. Um, Synopsis. Something about something it. About she's it. like she. She's like when, when, when God was making, when God was making chicks, you know, <laughs> and like he was at the control station with the with the angel, and the angel had his hands on the levers, and God's like, "What about this one?" And the angel's like, "Let's, uh, we'll make her brunette," and he's like, "Yeah, that's good. Make her, make her hotter." And the angel's like, what if we give her light eyes? This is, this is not like, helping the whole thing that you just talked about with your league and team. <laughs> and God goes, God goes, hotter. And the angel goes, but she already has dark hair and light eyes. That's super hot. Hotter! <laughs> I don't know. What if we give her like a perfect smile? Hotter. Sir! <laughs> I'm giving her all she's got. <laughs> Oh, amazing! Um, and for some reason, I imagine Bill Pullman playing God in this. I can, in this I fantasy. can totally see that. <laughs> my my description was going to be like Alexandra Dario was the first female that God made after he got laid for the first time. <laughs> like just all the good poured out of him in, in one big shot, like <laughs> a shotgun blast of just perfect specimen. Yeah, she's freakishly hot. She and, is. and and like uh and it seems like a super cool yes, person right? too, which you know makes there's, it even better. There's always something and like I said, in, in this particular movie, the character that she plays is like <clears throat> right up my alley because she's she's like a, a, a horror nerd. Like yeah. there's something about like you can be a hot chick, right? But there's something about I can? I can? Yeah, you can. Yes, you, can. you James. Yeah, I can. Don't ever tell anybody that you can't do something or don't let okay. anybody tell you that you can't do something. Okay. There's something like, you, like you can be a hot chick, but then when there's a super hot chick that is also into the same nerdy shit you're into, it just like, yeah. it, another stratosphere. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just changes. It so like this, this was hands down my favorite role that she's ever done, both on, uh, in my brain and, and your hand, your hands, your hands were where? What's up? Hands, hands down, ha- hands down where? <laughs> <laughs> hands down my pants the hottest girl <laughs> in this movie and the hottest chick she's ever played okay moving on from Alex. also oh, hold on before we move on can i can i point out the fact i have never seen this movie neither have i i knew i other than other than the basic concept i had no idea what this movie was about and she owns a boutique ice cream store called i scream, scream and all of the and all of the um all of the treats, all of the ice cream is named after different horror stuff. Yep. And I literally, I told you that idea earlier last summer. I said, we need to open a place called Ice Cream and everything should be based on horror stuff. I had the same, exa- I had the same exact idea and I literally had never seen one second of this movie before. There's, there's only one difference though. 
What? You're nowhere near as hot as Alexander Daddario. I'm not a hot chick. <laughs> I would hire a super hot chick to run you're it. Not, you're not going to sling malts the my same wife, way that she does. My wife, for instance. My wife yeah, Your would wife run could it. sling these malts the way she does. Mm. That, that's true. She could sling a malt oh, or yeah, two. Absolutely. <laughs> Get at me, girl. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see here. The synopsis here. Uh, now that we've Spe- we're done drooling of, over uh, Daddario. Speaking of slinging malts, right? <laughs> A guy's regrets over moving in with his girlfriend are compounded when she dies and comes back as a zombie. Um, okay, so <laughs> I have to tell you, I had uh, I had a lot of fun thoughts with this movie because I'm fairly certain that the that Joe Dante I don't know, I don't know if he wrote this movie or not, but whoever the writer was of this movie, like. T- Took my girlfriend and split her into being a militant vegan on one side, and then the really cool, like genre loving film chick on the other side. <laughs> like I was watching, which, I'm like, this is my life right now. Like if I which one is she, <laughs> if I split which one her is into she, two, which one is she more of? You have to answer the question. Not the militant vegan. No, I disagree. <laughs> Of course, of course you were. <laughs> I just found this very funny because I'm watching this. I'm like, like, I just, it's like, this is like, literally, it's like, it's, it's the same fucking thing here. Um, so Anton Yelton plays, uh, tra- uh, not Travis, Max. Uh, and Max is dating Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn is this militant vegan. She's this chick that like made him sell his car because of the carbon footprint that it was leaving and forced him to ride around town on a little three-wheel scooter and a cute so little So he rides hat. a little scoot scooter around town? Scoot scoot. He rides a scooter. Anton Yelk, he rides a scooter around town with this stupid little helmet and still pulls, <laughs> still pulls Olivia. It's like, bro. It's the way he throws the scooter so over unrealistic. his shoulder. It's, it's, it's sexy. Um... And yeah, so she's like, like I said, she's just this crazy chick or whatever. He's not happy with her, but he, but she's hot. Therefore, he keeps making excuses that he, she's hot and the sex is good. So he keeps making excuses as to why he's staying with her. She eventually moves in with him, changes his entire place around. The cardinal sin, he had really expensive posters on his walls, like imported oh, posters, and she folded them. Oh, no. I can and put them in a drawer. I can relate to this. <laughs> I, I have stuff here that if someone did that to me, game fucking over. It's all I'm saying. Oh, I just found out what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker. I'm going to come in and fold the corners of all of your posters. <laughs> I, will, I will murder you. Um, so, yeah, so he goes to and break up I'll, with him. And then I'll come back and we'll live together happily forever. He finally gets uh, advice from his half-brother, Travis, played by Oliver Cooper, who Travis was amazing. Uh, he's just this super ugly... Out of shape dude that keeps pulling in like tens every night, and no one can figure out how he does it. Travis is definitely not a vegan because he spends the entire movie destroying beaver. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong, but Jesus. (laughs) Travis convinces Uh, Mac. uh, Travis convinces Mac. So he's you got to leave this chick. Like she's no good for you. You're not happy, whatever, right? So he finally musters up the courage to invite her to a dog park. And she's all excited because she thinks that Max bought a dog, a puppy for him. Mm -hmm. And she goes to meet him, gets out of her car, flattened by a fucking bus. She did. Right? She did. She did. Uh, Max, You know what I hate? What's up? You know what I hated about that scene? She got smashed by that bus, right? And she goes flying across the ground. 
cr- flying across the street and lands on the ground. She's sitting there all but- bloody, and then he comes up and he's you know by her. She's got a large open wound on her head, but all of the blood on her face. Bloody, but bloody. I I misspoke. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm sure she probably was. She's, <laughs> she's got a large open wound on her head. Yeah, and her it, and she's covered in blood, but all of the blood on her face and her it's dry. Yeah, it's so like this. This accident just happened. Plus, plus the acting in the death scene was you know not great. <laughs> not great. It almost doesn't matter though. Like this is the kind of movie where like it's it's fun, so it gets a pass for a lot of its things that like maybe you're yeah and I, out for. I'm yeah I'm not, I'm totally not saying anything bad about Ashley because especially after she came back from the oh, dead, she was great. I thought Ashley I thought Ashley Green was uh, it was so was so awesome yeah. in this role and it goes and, and honestly I feel bad giving Daddario so much praise. Ashley Green, she ain't too bad babe. herself. I mean, she's a babe, she's babe, delicious. She's a babe. It's just right? that, like I, like dark, dark hair and light eyes is, you know, forget it. I that's that's hey, just easy tiger, that's, that's, easy that's tiger. My deal. Um, that's my deal, bro. So uh, so Evelyn dies or whatever, and uh, Max is all bummed out and <laughs> or whatever. Before before they had died though, Evelyn and Max had walked into this new malt shop, and Max just wanted a fucking malt, right? And uh, and there's and there's our Daddario Olivia behind the counter, slinging malts as she does. And um, Max and Olivia have a little bit of a moment. Evelyn freaks the fuck out, right? So after Evelyn dies, Max randomly meets Evelyn outside of a movie theater. They had both just been seeing some old, like, Christopher Lee. I think it was Christopher Lee or something like that. Double feature. And uh, they end up uh, hooking up or whatever. And uh, good news for Max. Well, Evelyn, because of reasons, Evelyn comes back from the dead. Well, we can say the reason there was. Uh, so Max works in a in a uh, uh, like a Halloween shop, yeah. basically, and he got a shipment of costumes and stuff in. But there was also, without any reason, they don't really explain why this happened. But this little devil genie uh, figurine, and basically it said, uh, "Whatever wish you like, you know, wish upon the devil genie, and your one wish will come true," and. He invited her to come bang while he was at the shop, and afterward they said, well, she said, we'll be together forever, I promise. And mm-hmm. then the devil genie started smoking, and then, you know, <laughs> voodoo happened, and then it, it went from there. Yeah, so that's why she... So anyway, she comes back from the it's dead. It's a very loose reason, but whatever, it doesn't matter. She comes <laughs> it back It doesn't from the matter. Dead. So now Evelyn <laughs> is basically a zombie version of herself who is rotting more and more by the day, but forcing Max to stay with her, basically... Max is uh, uh, being not the necrotype is very turned off by this. Once I mean the I mean the first night when she was still pretty fresh, have at it. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'd throw it to a corpse. Have at it, bro. <laughs> if that corpse looked like Ashley Green, come on, forget about it. Even forget even about after it. She puked. Even after she puked all the embalming fluid <laughs> on me. <laughs> Take a shower. You're good to go. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the movie though. I don't, I don't. I'm not going to go into too much more detail about the plot. The movie is literally just Max living with a zombie, trying to have a relationship with Olivia, and the hilarity that ensues. It's yeah. it's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that uh, I, like I said, I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought that it, the characters were endearing. I thought that yes, some of the acting was a bit wooden at times, but like I said, it does it doesn't matter. I no. love the fact that it took place in Hollywood. Like it's it's Joe Dante's stomping grounds. You know, I, I love 
I love these movies by the, a lot of these older filmmakers because they're all very they feel very connected because a lot of them take place in their hometown. A lot of them have like throwbacks to each other. Like there was a um, Romero a mo- Romero and Sons moving Rom- company, yeah, like Romero movie, yeah, stuff like that. You know, stuff took place at the Hollywood Cemetery, which is really really ironic because that's where Anton Yelton is buried now, in oh, the exact wow. cemetery that they filmed this movie in. Yeah, that's. Kind of weird when you look back yes, at it yeah. now, but it's also kind of cool in a, in a weird way. Yeah, poetic in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do they actually show? Do they like? Can you go to? Can you actually go to screenings of movies at the? At the they do. Ho- yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, they do. I'm pretty That's sure that really, Vita told me it once. Uh, once upon a time, they do that, and I'm fairly certain that I've heard other stories of it. It's equal parts awesome and equal parts uh, <laughs> disrespectful. They do it around here too. <laughs> There's there's cemeteries really? around here that do in it. Cemeteries? Yeah. I don't know if there's anything it's in a, our direct just, area, just, but I've heard of it like within. A, a I guess I just distance. always grew up like thinking of a cemetery as a sacred place. Like you don't go you don't go lean up against somebody's grave and watch a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not to say that I wouldn't do it because I totally would. But you know, like to let an entire group of people into a graveyard to watch a um, a zombie movie. Yeah. It's uh, so. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it doesn't sound awesome. I'm saying that the way I previously thought about graveyards, I was like, "Well, that seems disrespectful." But well, you don't think you don't trumped. think dead people want that's, to watch movies too? That's trumped by my my by the fact that I also think it's super awesome. So <laughs> I, I would definitely go to a graveyard to watch a movie. Absolutely, dude. Uh, I would in a heartbeat, especially something like Night of the Living Dead, which is what they saw. In the movie, like, come on, that oh, takes, yeah. play, opens in a graveyard. Like, it's it's perfect yeah. for it. Um, Absolutely. Actually, I'm fairly certain that they show <clears throat> Night of the Living Dead in that exact graveyard. It's probably the, the, the event movie. that the yeah the event that they went to was probably that's probably something that actually happened. Yeah, there. yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. There's also like, I, I mentioned how I like the fact that it's like Hollywood or whatever. There's a big name drop for like the new Bev, right? The the new Bev is a big theater out there. Is a really amazing documentary called Out of Print that everybody mm-hmm. should watch about the new Bev. And, but what I like about it is that it's set in real life. Like, there's things that you can tangibly go to places that I've actually been that are, right. that this movie is like the world is set into it. And I, and I kind of like right. when movies do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a, uh, let's see here. Uh, about one of my notes, I'm pretty sure I'd still sleep with zombie Ashley green. <laughs> it's well, we one, already covered one that. of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, this movie's it's it's, it's just fun, it's, especially, especially when her eyes start to glow red. Oh, that's hot, right? I was like, man, I know it's supposed to be scary, but it's kind of hot. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I gotta bring because I I know one I know that we're gonna forget if we don't bring it up, but uh, Dick Miller's cameo. Oh yeah, at the very was end. awesome. God, he was looking old yeah. in this movie. He was like the, he he's <laughs> he's credited as crusty old cop. Yeah, he but, was crusty, all right. That's that's for sure. Uh, man, he's old. I mean. <laughs> I mean to I mean to see him come back like after all these years. Obviously, Dick Miller was in Gremlins, yep. got his you know like uh, not his start with Joe Dante, but you know back in the day was going strong with Joe Dante. So it was he's been in cool every single Joe cool. Dante movie. Oh, has yeah, he he's, really? He's basically Joe Dante's like directorial trademark. Is that his he's little, in every single one yeah. of his movies? <laughs> That's cool. So. Um. <laughs> yeah, it, um, my some of my favorite parts were with uh, with Travis because he was just sort of a, he was just a piece of shit. Yeah. But at the same time, like everything that he said was 
was spot on. Would, like Travis would use so Travis and Max were half brothers, right? And he would use Max's place as a place to bring back chicks and bang them because he didn't <laughs> want the chicks knowing where he lived in the garage at his parents' house. It seems like is that I don't know. Is it like a barn? It like, it's like a weird house, barn he, he, type because he place? had a he had a landlady that he was always speaking Spanish to. Yeah, that's I don't know true. who it was exactly, but I, <laughs> yeah, he basically lived in a garage with a bunch of like storage and stuff like that. Yeah, they they didn't exactly explain it, but uh, but yeah, he didn't want anyone knowing where he lived, so he would always bring chicks back to Max's place, and uh, he would bang them there. And <laughs> like the entire movie, like he he just keeps trying to get into their place so that he can bang chicks. This is it's an, it's his entire motive the entire movie until he realizes that. Evelyn is back from the dead, and then his mission come becomes uh, killing her. Yeah, <laughs> which which is uh, goes horribly awry. It does in um, the best way possible, and and yeah. and his comeuppance at the very end is fantastic. I was his comeuppance. Uh, well, his, not, or her comeuppance at the hands oh, of him I, because of what happens is, is fantastic. It was a little anticlimactic, though. A little bit. I was hoping for more of a kind of a thing because they had talked about that earlier in the movie and unfortunately it didn't happen and i don't know that you can kill a zombie the way that they uh did in this movie by traditional means but yeah it seemed like it seemed too simple it did it did it's like maybe maybe they were running out of money in the budget and they couldn't they couldn't afford a decap scene but like I it would have been so much better if he would have did a full on swing from behind her. I know? agree. Which which and like I said, they've alluded they alluded to it the entire rest of the movie. So the fact that they didn't do it at the very end, I thought was a little bit weird, honestly. Right. But um, yeah. I don't know. I still loved it. Um, there's there's some really great jokes like the uh, Al- uh, Alexandria Dario's uh, character Olivia, her ex boyfriend left her because he refused to have sex with her, and he turned into a crazy Christian uh, rocker. And uh, his his band's name were the Christian Slaters, <laughs> which is the greatest so it's the greatest name of all time. <laughs> I'm so into it. Um, I don't know. There's, there's lots of stupid jokes like that. But the the movie is there's not a whole lot to talk about. Like it's yes, it's it's a guy struggling with getting rid of his girlfriend. There's really to me, there's nothing deeper about this movie. Whereas the next movie that we're going to talk about. There's a lot more subtext to it. I feel like this movie was just kind of more on the surface. Take it as what it is. It's a shit I mean, that you came could, back you as could, a zombie. Like, you, well, you could pull a little bit of a deeper meaning from it, like just uh, the idea of being in a relationship that you're not completely happy with. But it's it's like it's it's sort of a it's sort of an analogy for just like a an unhappy unhappy relationship i agree you know like you try to you try to move on and and well i guess i'm now i'm sort of getting into what the next movie is about but they're they're both very similar in that way they're both very similar in a lot of ways like max max tries to move on with a new girl but the the ever looming presence of his ex-girlfriend is always is always there yeah kind of messing everything up yeah which is, I think, but it's Max a, though. I think it's, but the thing is, was that Max is ready to move on though. Like Max is done with her. She <laughs> keeps sticking around when he doesn't want her to. That's the difference, right. you know. Um, right. Whereas in the other movie, in the next movie, they don't well, they don't so, know what's going on. Right. So whereas this one is more about like a controlling relationship, where it's almost like. Uh, 
you're in a relationship with somebody who you know is bad for you and you want to get out of it you just don't know how to yeah or you can't like it's just or you can't yeah um whereas the next movie that we're going to talk about is more it's it's got a sort of a deeper message that deals with with loss and moving on after the death of a loved one and uh and trying to cope with that and then trying to uh trying to fit somebody new into your life while at the same well at the same time being honest with them about what you went through yeah while dealing with the death of a loved one yeah it's 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 weird it it it's it's weird in the sense that um it's it's a weird situation to be in and it, and it it, it really does kind of capture how people feel in those situations like nearly perfect it really does um just in a much yeah, more comedic type of way <laughs> darkly comedic darkly comedic yes um yeah so we're gonna so obviously we're moving on now to yeah we're gonna um, move on to nina called, forever uh nina forever um so this is this movie was kind of weird for me because and and hopefully hopefully when my wife listens to this she won't mind me discussing it on the show but like <laughs> I actually I actually have I I have experience with this this basically this exact same concept mm-hmm. um, when I met Aaron um, her boyfriend had passed away mm-hmm. and she was still uh, grieving still kind of still grieving and kind of coping with that and never really intended to you know, meet anybody else and, and and then I came along just looking as studly as I am, you know. <laughs> Saw that beef stick <laughs> all, uh, and it was game over. <laughs> all the you know, the the with the receding hairline and the beard <laughs> and, and the beer gut and everything. She just fucking sucked Sexy. it right in. But it's it, it's interesting because there were a lot of there were a lot of aspects of this movie where they were super relatable to me. Because it's um, especially when, and I'm going to jump around a little bit here, but especially when, uh, so the, 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 the new girlfriend, Holly, so there's Holly before, who's, before you get into this, let's give a very, we don't need to go through the plot or anything like that, but let's give like at least the synopsis so that people know who we're well, talking about. Well, that's what I was going to do. Okay. Um, so you have, you have Rob mm-hmm. who is the grieving boyfriend. You have, um, uh, uh, Nina who is the girlfriend who passed away mm-hmm. in a car accident and you have holly who is the the new young girlfriend who kind of sees this tortured soul and wants to like help him wants to fix she him, has yes yeah, so but she also has the same complex that a lot of people do especially when they're younger where you think you can fix somebody right she, she is right. she is a fixer right i was a fixer um, for a lot of years I always went for chicks that were just fucking terrible for me, <laughs> and yeah, you, you, you think that you can be like yeah, the knight in shining armor for me, right? Yeah, up, That's up what she wanted like, to be. Up until like last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's it, it's uh, it, it's um, it's weird when you like bring a new person into your life having lost somebody previously, and there was like I said, there was a lot in this movie. Because I could relate a lot with uh, with Holly, the character of Holly, mm-hmm. where you want to be like, um, you want to be accept like you don't want to just pretend like that person was never there. Sure, right? 
So you want to know that more person about, is you a wanna, part of the person that you're with now, right? Kind so of you want to know deal. more exactly. So you want to know more about them. You want to know about their personality, who they were, why the person that you are with now liked being with them, yep. and. It's really a strange because, like, there's a weird when you get there's in, a weird part when you get into it, a re- there's a weird when you get into a re- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry when you get into a relationship with somebody who just broke up with somebody you don't want to know anything about that other person well because that person like, though, that person it, voluntarily left that person or was voluntarily right. left it's a completely right. different dynamic well and that person is like still out there so like it's like I don't want to know about him that guy's still but there's something and I'm I'm not trying to be insensitive here or anything but it's like when when you meet somebody and they're going through a situation like that where they lost somebody uh involuntarily you want to you want to know more about them almost in a like because you you want to honor them in a way like you want to be respectful sure, to that person sure. Much like in the movie, how Holly actually got Nina Forever tattooed on her on her hip, yeah, because she wanted to honor Nina and let her know, like, hey, I'm not trying to replace you. I'm I'm simply just like trying to give uh, Rob what he needs because you're not here anymore. You know what I mean? I think it's, that it's, it was it was a, it was a combination of that. I thought this movie was really. Um, this movie got really deep on a lot of topics. It, it really did like cut to the the bone of a lot of stuff. Um, and yeah. one of the things is what you're talking about is the person entering into a relationship where, you know, you're that, that uh, the other person lost somebody. It's, it's like they, what they did in the movie to, to symbolize that was so every time, so basically every time that you would see Nina come back from the dead in this movie, very similar to burying the ex, uh, she would basically come back from the dead and be a zombie in their life physically. But it only happened every time that Holly and uh, Rob. Rob got intimate, basically. She would right. always pop up out of the bed. And the way they, excuse me, the way they did that was really, really cool. She basically yeah. was like, it's like the bed was giving birth to her every time yeah. that they would. Like a pool, like a pool of blood, a pool of blood would gradually spread from from underneath yeah. them and then like her hands would reach up from from the sheets mm-hmm. and, and touch uh, them like, in weird ways and do and do, yeah, and do like, whatever at, at first she was just like at the first time she appears she's like grabbing holly's feet mm-hmm. um and then she's like beside them but then the second time it happens she's actually like reaching up and reaching around and like grabbing holly's breasts yeah, while she was having sex <laughs> and it's and it's like this it's like this. Uh, it, it the way the that whole, they... the whole the whole message of this story, like it's a metaphor for you know not being able to basically not being able to get over the way that they portray uh, it. Though I think in this movie is very smart because when you're entering into a relationship like that, where you, where you do have a person that just lost somebody, you are effectively entering into, for all intents and purposes, you're entering into a three way. Because right. there is another person there the entire time, and the way that they did it in this movie, they literally tried to have a three-way with a fucking zombie, right? Literally, and right. I thought it was—it—it it sounds like kind of maybe stupid and kitty to say it that way, but when you watch the movie, it's done in a way that is kind of smart, though. You know, it, it's actually—it is, yeah. It's smart and it's done tastefully, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's 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 interesting. It's it's. 
it's a it's a it's a very odd way to cope with that type of loss, yet it works. Mm-hmm. I think that they they do a very, very good job of putting the the, the emotions on screen physically as opposed yeah. to how, how it's just feeling it like in your head or whatever. Like they illustrate it very well on the right. screen. It's literally, it's literally like watching somebody who can't, you know, like who wants to move on with their lives, yeah. but just can't. And it's, and it's affecting, it's affecting them. It's affecting their relationship. It's affecting the other person who they're in a relationship with mm-hmm. to the point where there's even a few instances where Holly is by herself and Nina shows up. Yeah. Cuz cuz not only not only is she a part of their relationship now, but now she's such a uh, um she's such a uh, a present force in Holly's in Holly's own mind that now she's starting to show yeah. up just when she's by herself. I have two different takes on the ending and how it ended of what it okay. could possibly mean. I don't want to get there yet because we haven't even talked about anything else yet. But when we sure. get to the end, though, I, I do have two different takes on it. Um, one, of the, one of my criticisms of the movie, I would say, is I wish they would have introduced Nina before that first bedroom scene. You know, they show, oh, really? they show her accident, right? But they don't really show her. No, they don't show her accident. Who, who, was, it that, who was that on the motorcycle in the beginning then? That was him. That was him. Trying to kill, that was him trying to kill himself. Okay. So Rob, okay. the the opening of the movie, you hear an accident, and then you see a guy on the ground uh, with a, a motorcycle, like off okay. down the road a little bit. I wasn't so sure what that was supposed to he, be. Okay, basically he dumped his because he was so distraught by the death of her. She she died in a car accident. He was so distraught that he tried to dump his bike and kill himself, and he just laid there hoping that uh hoping that a truck would come by and, and smash him. Okay. And eventually he gets up and he goes back to his life. And, you know, like before before uh, Nina died, he had a PhD in math and he mm-hmm. had all this promise Successful. in his future and yeah. stuff. And, and now he's stocking shelves at a supermarket. And Holly sees him as this, like, super dark, damaged guy. And you can tell, can you can tell that Holly's a little bit fucked up from the very beginning because the whole reason yeah. she is attracted to him is because he's fucked up because she has right. this fixer mentality. And one of the right. things that she first says is like, um, is she's like, she's all into it. And her two friends are just like, what, what do you see in him? You know, he, he just tried to kill himself and this and that. And she's like, can you imagine fucking somebody that intense that wants to right. kill himself because he lost the love of his life? Like, like right. she is so intrigued by him for the yeah. complete wrong reasons. Like, like and and so she's you know that she's kind of fucked up to begin with, and that to me plays into the ending a lot, um, into yeah. one at least one of my theories in the ending a lot, um, yeah. But yeah, she's she's completely fucked up herself. Like this is the story of two people who are vastly fucked up for two different reasons, like having like parts of their puzzle pieces fit together perfect, but then there's also mm-hmm. parts of their puzzle pieces that hang off either side. If that makes sense, um, yeah. and that's kind of what the story is about. Uh, and, well, and I, I ultimately think like Rob and Nina were probably, they were right for each other. They were probably, they were meant to be together. I agree. And Holly was just this sort of, for him, she was just like, it, it, at least in the beginning, something to take his mind off of Nina. Yeah. And for her, it was, she was in it for like all the wrong reasons because she wanted to be with this 
intense dark guy who's all fucked up and try and fix him. She's a paramedic too. She's in paramedic school. So like she has this idea that like having, having the power to change somebody's life in a, in a positive or negative way. That's, that's her thing. Like that's what really drives her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she's, she's obviously not really got the right motives when it comes to wanting to be with him. No, or, or at least... But he doesn't see that. Or at least he just her... basically wants to move on. Yeah, or at least her version of what a good relationship is, like what her role in a relationship <clears throat> is supposed to be, is just skewed. Like it's right. been skewed somewhere along the lines in her life before then, where she feels right. like she's only happy if she can take on the problems of somebody else, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like how there's... <sighs> There's this interesting, like, this play on the idea that you you almost have to, like, make love to a person's past in order to move on kind of thing. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to fully embrace a person's past. Like, in order to, like, fall in love with somebody fully, you have to, Mm -hmm. like, love them not not for the person that they are, but for the person that they were. And everything that came before them, right? And and they play with this idea a lot where it doesn't matter how bad it was. doesn't matter what your past was. doesn't matter how fucked up you are or whatever. You have to accept that person and, you know, envelope that completely before you can move forward with that person in your own life. And mm-hmm. that's this, this whole movie kind of revolves around that idea. And I think that's really, I think that's really, that's really interesting. You know, it, it kind of mm-hmm. goes back to that scene we're talking about with the threesome where she's basically making love literally to his past to, yeah. in order to accept her and move on. Um, right. It's it's just I don't know. It's interesting. This movie is is very sexually charged. Like, it's pretty much the perfect Sunday night family movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And how I'd I how watch, I grew I'd watch, up. I'd watch this with your mom for sure. <laughs> oh, I, it's <laughs> funny. I already watched this with yours. Um, <laughs> and we left your dad in the other room. It was weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it, this whole movie does literally revolve around the bedroom, though. Every, mm-hmm. nearly every single scene has mm-hmm. sex in it in some way, shape, or form. And I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's not explained. You know, like, well, and it's, and it's not so like it. It is revolving around the the like the physical act, but it's all, it's, it's all metaphorical. Like it's not. It's 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 supposed to be. Like even though it's all revolving around what happens in the bedroom, in a metaphorical sense, it's like it's intimacy in general. Sure, sure. Like how do you how do you move past your past and and be able to create like a an actual healthy intimate relationship with another person? Mm-hmm. Well, the right the only way to do that is to deal with what happened in your past, and you have to do it together as a new couple. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way it plays out. It just, it, in this movie, it plays out that like it all happens during sex, but it's all, you know, on a deeper level. Well, I think what's, what's deeper though, what's deeper than sex though, honestly, like, I think that's, I think (laughs) it's a good metaphor, you know, like you're, you're, you're the most intimate thing that you can do really. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Exactly though. And what's more intimate though than, than your own personal past and all that stuff. Besides taking your, like opening your mouth as wide as it can go and putting your mouth um, over a person's entire nose. <laughs> That's pretty fucking intimate, too. <laughs> Thank you. I think we needed some levity here. I appreciate that. <laughs> Speaking of levity, um, I felt very awkward watching this entire movie in a church today. <laughs> that, that was a little bit weird. 
Why? I don't know. This felt like it was weird. I'm watching. Why? I'm watching a, a chick come back from the dead, and there'd be this weird uh, three-way relationship, and and just tons of nudity and sex and everything else. And then I look up, and there's Jesus. Like it just felt weird. It was weird. The, the it just think of it as they were making love to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh my God! I'm going to hell. <laughs> Oh boy. It was weird. Um also there's there's one particular scene that I cracked up at in this. Um and it's when they, they leave and they get onto a bus and uh Holly and Max are having uh uh or not Max, Max is another movie. Holly and Rob, <laughs> Rob are having a fight and Holly gets onto a bus and she sits there's only one other guy on the entire bus, and in order to not sit next to Rob, she gets inside, he's sitting on the aisle seat, she takes the window yeah. seat right next to him. Yeah. And Rob sits down behind her, and they're having this fight outward. And the dude that is sitting next to her on the bus is so fucking awkwardly funny. <laughs> I, I was dying. I was laughing hysterically at it. <laughs> I just loved it. It's I don't just, know why. It was so stupid, but I loved it. You want? Do you want this seat? No. <laughs> and she's like, "No, you're fine." Just, it's like, "No, no, no, please let me, let me move." Um, another thing that I loved about this movie is the editing of this movie was really, really cool. The way that mm-hmm. they they structured certain scenes to invoke a certain uh, feeling in you was was Where really would, really masterful. Um, it was like it was like it was like mini memento. Kind of yeah, it would show like the, the like you would the see you would see and, yeah you would kind of see what happened and or, or but it was uh, intercut though. like the end result and then it would jump back to the to what led to that end result, but then you'd go back to another point in the end mm-hmm. result and then jump yeah, back it, and forth. That was really it cool. It wasn't that it just played backwards. It was like intercut mm-hmm. with like, you go from like last to first and then second last to second first and then third last to right. third first. Like they kind of staggered it back and forth. And I, I, th- I thought yeah. that was really cool. The cinematography. I thought it was cool too. I saw some people that complained about that. Some people are stupid. Yeah, those people are dumb. Yeah. The um, um, cinematography yeah, was personally. also really good in this movie. Um, there's one scene in particular that I remember that stuck out to me where the camera is in the bedroom and he ends up shutting the parlor doors to his bedroom, mm-hmm. but then he's sitting on the couch outside of it and you can just see his face through the crack of the door. And it was mm-hmm. a really, really, really cool just shot. You know, the really cool the cinematography is just really cool there. Um, yeah. and throughout the entire movie, there's some really beautiful stuff going on. Um, so this, this movie wasn't just dark and, and weird and, the plot sense it actually was a beautifully shot movie which i also say also say to point out some of the technical stuff the the sound design Uh um especially in particular with uh nina's character yep like the the sound when she would move because her body was just a ruin yeah um you know like she was she was essentially she was a she was a, a corpse a living corpse and she had been thrown through the window of a what did she say she, a, a tr- like a triumph starfire or something like that mm-hmm. like a little tiny triumph com- convertible um so all of her bones were broken so every time she would move and 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 huge props to uh what was her name the actress who played Nina uh Fiona O'Shaughnessy she, the way she moves in this movie is so sickening she's like a puppet yeah, like she's, like it's so it's so disturbing. Like she she actually looks like a a like an a broken body sure. moving around. Like like a sack, the way she'll, a sack she'll of bones. kind of like a sack of bones. <laughs> yeah. Like the way she'll sort of 
the way she'll sort of like over like the over exaggerated movements that she needs to like if she wants to throw her arm over to the front of her body she has to sort of like throw her entire shoulders so that her arm will flop over her body and she moves like that through the whole movie and it's really it's, unsettling it really and, is, and yeah. cool i agree but then the but then you always hear the sound of her bones like cracking together and like there's this the slimy sound of her hair and stuff like that i also like the stains that she leaves behind uh, because <clears throat> even when she's not there she leaves like when she's in the bed for example you know she'll come up and she'll leave blood stains because wherever she's lying she's just pumping out blood because she's dead and dying with she's a corpse so she mm-hmm. leaves blood stains everywhere mm-hmm. she goes and it's interesting because even when she's not there and her the metaphor of her being there is is not full force she like there's still like that standing that is left behind where it's like the shadow right. in your head of that person or whatever like it's a really right. cool another visual representation of dealing with loss and dealing with moving on from things like that person that you're thinking about is always there even if they're not standing in front of you there's like a stain of them left behind very literal right um and I, and I love that i thought that was really really cool um let's talk about the ending uh okay. so the ending is basically uh ben or Ben. Who the fuck is Ben? Rob. I don't know. <laughs> I'm making up words. Uh, well, it was it was directed by Ben Blaine and Chris Blaine. Oh, that's the one. That's that's where I got it <laughs> okay. from. Um, so Rob, by the end of this, comes out of the entire ordeal actually healed. Like, he actually moved on from Nina. However, when he... Him and, him and Holly end up breaking up, and he can't live without Holly. So he goes back to Holly's place and finds out that Holly is now living with the ghost of Nina. Nina has mm. like, so, like kind of it's kind of very like it follows almost like it's very like like a sexually transmitted ghost essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know Rob got rid of it because he moved on. Nina now is attached to Holly, and Holly mm-hmm. is miserable because she can't get rid of her. The stain is now on her life, and I took mm-hmm. this in two different ways. You know, one 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 of the things I said is like she sacrificed so much for Rob. Uh, that when after he was healed, she was like left a mess. Like she gave so much of herself and broke herself down and sacrificed so much that she was now the broken one after mm-hmm. Rob was healed. So that's yeah. why Nina was now attached to her because Nina now no longer was ruining Rob's life, but ruined her life because of how much she had given up of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, or she was messed up from the beginning you know, uh, and Rob, uh, and now that Rob was healed, she no longer had a reason to be with him. And that, and that was the ghost that was on Holly at this point. Like she was attracted to Rob because he was <clears throat> fucked up. Now that he's not fucked and up, she doesn't have a reason to be with him. And that's her ghost. It's her. Well, and that's, she, I, you know, I, I think it's more so that one because, uh, she, they do a pretty cool reveal um, cause she hooks up with like one of her random paramedic yep. student people and she basically wants to see like if, you know, like am I normal? Can I have sex without Nina showing up and Nina shows up while they're in the middle of having sex. So now she knows Nina is with her. And so Rob shows up and says he loves her. He wants to get back together or whatever. And then she says something like it was never you. It was never your fault. It was never you. And she leans over or steps aside and he can see all the blood stains on the bed mm-hmm. behind her. Yep. And and then she basically just says goodbye and then like gets into her bed and scoots over and makes room for Nina, right? Mm-hmm. 
and so she says so it the i think it's more so the the sec the second uh the second one that you said like she she says it was never you because nina was showing up um she wanted nina to show up she wanted nina like she she liked the idea of being with this like dark damaged person mm-hmm. who you know had this had this like issue that she could kind of like she was uh it's like that invisible in, person in, in, made her more made her feel better in the relationship <laughs> well in the beginning of the movie that guy like there was a guy breaking up with her and he said oh, you're just sort of you're just too nice you're too vanilla yep and she, and she wanted to be the not nice not vanilla person so she wanted to be with somebody who was uh, who was messed up and so she so if you if you took it in a literal sense it, it would be like it would be like uh if you got with somebody whose loved one had just died and you just pressed them and pressed them and pressed them to continue talking about that person nonstop. Yeah. like i want to know every detail about that person's life tell me who they were tell me how they functioned Tell me their personality. Tell me what their favorite color was. Tell me everything it's, about them. And that person wants to move on with their life, but you won't let them because you just can't stand to not know everything. And that yeah. was what Holly's deal was. She just kept pressing the issue. It's almost like she and had wanting more, to know more and more about Holly or about Nina. It's almost like she had more of a connection with Nina at the end than she did with Rob. Right, you know, like, like she—that's that, who she took out of that relationship. Right, and then once, and then once, like I said, once Rob got good, though, there was nothing left for her to take, and she ended up with, you know, with Nina. Right. Yeah, it's cool. I, I, I think that between these two movies, I liked Nina Forever a lot. Will I ever watch it again, though? Probably not. I don't. This movie doesn't have rewatch value to me, unless I'm watching it for a specific reason. Um, it just really doesn't. Whereas burying the X, I would put that movie on again and again and watch it because it's funny. Yeah, that that would yeah that would just be a fun um like pop it in anytime kind of movie. This one is more. This one is is one of those movies that you like. If you're gonna watch it, you want to sit down and really like focus and and take in the deeper meaning of the whole thing, which is is fine. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's cool. But like. Like you said, for rewatch value, I might watch it one more time just to see if there's anything I missed, just to see if there's any sort of details I can pick up on to like kind of further explain what's going on. But it doesn't have the the type of just like fun rewatch value of uh, burying the X. No, and and I and I like said I enjoyed it. It's just like I'll I'll probably only ever watch it again if I'm if I'm showing somebody it. You know, like if I'm it's like oh you should watch this movie. It's really good. Or I think that you'll get a kick out of the mental part of it or or whatever um right so i think that if i for two movies have a very similar premise but are are vastly different like they couldn't be they couldn't be more different for as much as they are the same right um i'm gonna go burying the x though i think if i had to choose one between the other i'm gonna go burying the x it's just a it's yeah it's a more fun movie it's it's more up my alley i suppose i don't know but yeah yeah i mean nina forever i mean like actually deals with some pretty real and pretty trauma. dark issues like yeah like, like yeah. human trauma yeah which is it's very interesting to watch like when you're taking it like that when you're you know when you're watching it as like a oh this is a person 
trying to work through a loss. Mm-hmm. But is that the kind of movie that you want to watch over and no, over it's again? Depressing. No, not really. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to watch that yeah. shit. But um, it was well. A- it was well acted though, and like well for acted. a dark, I would call it a dark comedy. Yeah, in, in so some that's ways. the way that it was described. I don't know that I picked up a lot of comedy in it personally. Maybe I just wasn't in I, tune with it. But well, dark comedy. I mean, like there's there's parts about it that are just so absurd that it kind of makes you. It's not even like you don't laugh out loud at it or anything, but you just the like way, you think of it like you like oh that's odd that's funny. The you way know? people talk about it though, you would think that it was like a laugh out loud funny kind of movie. Um, I think the like that's I weird think to me. I think I think Nina's attitude toward the whole thing is probably what most people pick up on as being because Rob and Holly are pretty mortified by the entire thing the entire time. You know what yeah. I mean? I think of anything, it's Nina's attitude toward the entire the entire situation that, that is probably the funny part. I can see that. There's also a whole other sub story that we didn't even get into about Nina's parents, with the parents, which and, we don't need to which get into. That's, but actually, that's a whole other thing. It's actually it's actually a pretty important sub story. But if you're curious about it, just watch. Yeah, the movie. yeah, watch it. Think, just be thankful we didn't spoil everything for you on this yeah. one, this time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, though, uh, hey. Happy Valentine's Day. Nothing says Valentine's hey. Day like some dead ex-girlfriends, right? Totes. Dead love. Totes. <laughs> Totes, bro. Uh, tell the people where they can find us, James. Uh, well, you can find us on uh, you can find us on Grinder. You can find us on Farmers Only. FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> no, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. We're on every major streaming site. You've already found us, so please tell a friend or two or three or uh, go to the cemetery, tell a corpse. You know, spread the word to the underground. Only if they only if they have good Wi-Fi, though. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, so next uh, week it is Sweet Home and Sweet Home, I believe. Sweet Home and Sweet yes, Home, sir. Home sweet home sweet I'm home. I'm very excited about these actually. Very excited about Yeah, me these. too. Me too. Two two movies with the same name that are vastly, vastly different. different. <laughs> Completely <laughs> so different. Should be a pretty fun episode. Yep. All right. Well, uh until then, bud. You have a good weekend. Have a happy Valentine's happy Valentine's Day. Day, sir. And uh I'll see you on the, the flippity flop. And for all of you out there, uh hey, drink it up and enjoy your VD. Yeah. See ya. Later.